I've seen that so you can like make a treehouse or like mm-hmm. a duck or mm-hmm. a shotgun. Exactly. So there's one that came out with, uh, that came out with this week that um, has a light up brick. So I'm curious my about it. Favorite part. I've Our never first had a like light up brick was, before. Was the snow <clears throat> cabin ski lodge thing? Yeah. The, oh the, yeah, the winter village, and uh-huh. it has it has a little light up brick for the goddamn mm-hmm. fireplace, mm-hmm. and that was I, that was so cool. To me. <laughs> well, I get to experience that this weekend. So, so what set did you get? It's like a, it's called like the Changing Seasons set or something like that, and it's this house. Oh my uh, god! It's, it's really Bill Bait. It's uh, this house, and you can build it either for summer, in which case the oh, glowing brick. I think somebody from the one of our listeners did forward this to me when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. So this is out now. It's out now. Did I you went buy to me Lego a copy? Yesterday. Fuck no. Why? Why am I going to buy you your Lego? You just said it's You're an adult. No, Bill. Okay, child. I never <laughs> assume that anything that I see that you would like that you have not already purchased for yourself. That's actually a good point. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Oh my god, that seems so cool. Changing seasons Lego. Mm-hmm. So, did you build it? No, I. You said so. But so so. Oh, so, so the gimmick is you build the house regardless, but the seasons is the changing part. Well, you can. It's that, actually that's, three that, that's different the customizable. houses. Really? It's like three different configurations because they use different parts. You know. Which which house are you gonna build? Like, I don't know, dude. House? I would have built the summer house because it's summertime. Fully really likes the fall house because it's Halloweeny. Well, that's the thing you can change it for each season, right? I they could give you all the theoretically. Components. Yeah, it's, it's it's like the Lego calendar. We rebuild the calendar every month. Mm-hmm. Now you just the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, and keep the instruction booklet so you don't totally uh-huh. get lost when you have to rebuild everything. Uh-huh. So that's interesting. So you have to rebuild the house. It's not just like putting in like like changing the, like the, the 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 stuff on the tree mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, it's a totally different kit. Which makes that's the whole gimmick. The gimmick is that you can build three different sets. So I'm going on my wish list. <laughs> I am stone broke right now. Mm-hmm. I am like I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, but I am living on credit cards right now. But I am adding that to my Lego wish list. <laughs> Actually, the set doesn't look that great, but I love the utility it's just of cute. like it's cute. Aww. It's a cute little set. It's oh cute. shit! They're almost out of stock of the Palace Cinema. That's the only so the one of the big the best part of the whole Lego series uh-huh. is the modular you know, building. Yeah, the modular like little town stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the only other modular there's a whole series and I've gotten a couple yeah. of them. That's like what. Yeah, Bill has the detective's office and the Parisian cafe. And those are great. And the only other one that really kind of like yeah kind of drew my eye was the Palace Cinema because yeah, you know, it's got like movie theater interior. Yeah, stuff. it looks kind of cool. It's one of those things where if I didn't get it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But yeah. this looks like it's kind of becoming very rare to find. So yeah. like, burr, burr, burr. Man, I really want... The, I, I keep... I was hoping this weekend that Guardian Games would have some sort of Memorial Day sale, like 10%, 15% off your purchase, because they have the Town Hall Lego set that I really want, but it is out of print and it is now $500 set. I saw... I think it's on six hundred dollars on Amazon right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That's actually Nuts. that uh, that would be an expensive set anyway because I think it's one of the biggest. Yeah. I, it may be the actual. I think the MSRP town. was two fifty. Really? Yeah. It's actually not that. Not too bad, man. I know we've been fucked up, dude. That's the other thing. Uh, last night, I I so uh last summer they announced that is it like HotToys.com, some kind of Korean like toy manufacturer. They're coming up with like a super fancy Back to the Future DeLorean. Yeah. Like like lights up and the doors. Oh wait, open. is it Hot Toys? They make good That's toys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're like they super uh, premium, and uh, so they're coming out with a DeLorean this summer. Mm-hmm. And he like even like the the Back to the Future control panel with all the dates and everything yeah. like that lights up. It's nice. got little digital lights and stuff. Yeah. And for some reason, I remember that being like the price for that being like six thousand dollars, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm never. That's cool, but I'm never getting that. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, Well, it's summer now. They announced it was supposed to be coming out sometime this summer. So I, last yeah. night I looked it up to see if it's out or how much it is. It's quote unquote only six hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's only a tenth of what I thought it was gonna be. 
I have a... like, it's only the price of three legged sets. <laughs> I have a friend who just got into calico critters a little bit. Do you remember calico critters? Calico they're critters. Elsewhere in the world, they're known as, like, Sylvanian families, I think, I what they're called. You don't know because you were never a young girl, but Was this, like, bigger than that? It's a gendered toy sort of thing. Aww. They're like these little animal people. Hey, I played with a lot of Care Bears. And <laughs> I'm very well bright back They're the really day. cute. You get these little animal families. Oh, my and they have God. Houses. Wait. Like that. How is how is this ever a thing that was a big thing that went out of style? Well, it's it's still it's still a thing. Oh my it god, still exists. they're kittens, cute as hell. There's a kitten dressed as a lion and a kitten they're, dressed as a frog. They're cute as hell. This shit is cute as hell. It's really good. Are we gonna change from uh, Lego to talking about calico crush? <laughs> <laughs> this is the logical progression from Benton, right? So anyway, um, oh my, uh, a friend of mine god. got into this, and I was looking at some of the stuff. I'm like, this isn't that unreasonable. I'm like, some of these sets are only sixty dollars, and then I heard that phrase coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, Lego has ruined me. How big are these things? Okay, so the first thing They're I like found, two, three inches tall, calico critters, costume critters, frog and line, fifty two dollars on Amazon <laughs> right now. It looks cute as balls, but these look like like almost like keychain size. They're, they're bigger than that. They're, the they're like that? they're about the size oh, of your amiibos, Bill. Bunny and chick. Oh, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> That is cute as shit. It's cute as hell. It's That's really like even cute. more expensive pound for pound than Lego, though. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, it's not, actually. Lego, I, I could get... I... Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's funny how Lego oh has recalibrated my, god, my expectations. Now, um, I, I, I was going to put this on my wish list. I almost hit buy now with one click for the Calico <laughs> Critters costume critters. <laughs> Go to my wish list. Um, I do love, my Amazon wish list is now 10 years old, and last time I saw it, I think it has, like, it's over a thousand items on there, Mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned this podcast before, too, where they have an option on your wish list, would you like to buy all items on your (laughs) wish list? And I did that as a joke, just to see how much it it was, like, (laughs) (laughs) $25,000. Yeah, my wish list is also just about that old, though I've pruned it more regularly, just because every once in a while, someone will get something for me on it. Oh, yeah. And whenever they do, they invariably get the one thing on there where I'm like, I should have taken that off a while ago. Um, that, I don't think, I, I think people have only bought me, like, one or two things off my wish list. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for talking about it now, because it sounds like we're pimping our wish list. Yeah. But, um... I kind of like keeping all the junk on my wish list as sure. long as it's something that I don't already have. I'll take off stuff right. that I already have just just on the slight chance that even I might forget that I already bought it. I'll sure. buy a second copy yeah. or something if it's on an old book or something like that. But it's kind of a nice museum of the shit like yeah, I wanted like eight years interest. ago. Yeah. Where I was like, what was Bill Mudron totally having a boner for in like 2002? So, the three oldest items on my Amazon wish list. On mobile, you can't see the dates they're at it, but I'm pretty sure it's 2008. Yeah. Uh, a book of Thomas Hart Benton's murals. I love his murals. Uh, A book of N.C. Wyeth. And a book of uh, Carmen Miranda music. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a pretty good mix. I like, hopefully future me from five years ago, like, starts looking at his wish list. And he's like, what the fuck did turn in Bill's head that suddenly got really the calico critic? (laughs) I never wanted to find them. Oh, my God. But I thought about him. Anyway, hey, everybody. This is the Boy Hattie Podcast, by the way. Right now, my wish list is a pan, a Tomorrowland (laughs) pin, uh, some vitamins, a Crystal Gems Steven Universe book, and then Calico Critics. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Annie, and that's Bill, by the way. We love garbage. We love things. We love Weird little Tom Haverfords. Stuff. Love, feelings are temporary and things are forever. So, have you ever seen <laughs> the, the Nostalgia Critic? You talk about them a lot. There's the Nostalgia Chick. 
mm-hmm. who is the female equivalent of the nostalgia mm-hmm. uh, critic. She has suddenly shot off. She is now Lindsay Ellis. She uses her real name. She's no longer just the nostalgia chick. Mm-hmm. But she's been freaking out about Mad Max Fury Road like a motherfucker, just mm-hmm. like the rest of the half the internet for the last uh, mm-hmm. two weeks. And so she put up a little video just talking about... Um, just analyzing the character of Mad Max mm-hmm. and how he evolves throughout like, all four movies now. And one of her things, she talks about how much Mad Max loves his stuff. You know, because it's, it's a movie about his survivalist yeah. and stuff. And, like, he stuff needs is very stuff precious. to survive. Yeah. But then I was part of it was like, that's one of the reasons I like Max so much. Because he <laughs> loves, loves stuff, too. <laughs> loves things. I want there to be a Mad Max like analog for today's society we're just like one of us where we're like fat white and well to do <laughs> but we just need more stuff oh god i feel like such yeah. an asshole yeah though i have to say i feel like i'm in a pretty good place with my lego like I'm... instead of like you know how world war takes place at the gas station or whatever mm-hmm. big get, like maybe it's like fao schwartz and it's like turning the whole over <laughs> games oh, yeah and you have to like defend your pile of stuff oh, maybe boy. amazon like, maybe you find an amazon warehouse <laughs> oh, god and it's not even like, amazon like that. it's better. actually practical but like it's calico critters <laughs> it's the last calico critters uh, in the world yeah that'd be fucking fantastic oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy stuff is great hey bill how you doing my friend i am just i'm in a new romance with stuff now. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an old love, Bill. It's just always rekindling. Stuff is so fun. It's better I, than I people because like it will asshole. never let you down or grow old or die. Uh, it's I, a thing. I am such an inquisitive motherfucker. I hate it. I was staring at my tattoo the other day. I have a... One, my, my That's ta- a Portlandy thing to say. My, I was staring uh, at my tattoo the other day. I, I, I have one tattoo and it's... Um, Does it talk back? <sighs> Okay, thanks, Bill. Uh, I have a tattoo that's a Knight Templar, and it's a the it's a symbol of theirs that represents their vow of poverty. Yeah, and uh, fellowship. And I was staring at it, thinking about all the garbage that I bought this weekend. And I'm like, I am what like other the garbage least... did you? Buy? Well, I went to the Lego store and I got way too much Lego. Which is very well, easy to do. Well, you just got do. that one set. Well, did you get something else? I got that set. And I also... So I think I mentioned on the podcast that I was really sad the other week. So Foley let me import a Chima set from Austria. You did mention this. It still hasn't arrived yet. Because it's coming from Austria. They and have on the it at the Lego boat. store? They had it at the Lego store. So Foley just looked <laughs> at me. Foley looked at me. She said, just buy it. So I bought it. Even though I have another copy of it coming well, from Chima Austria. And this is the last Chima thing that's coming this out, is, too. These are the is last the waves of Chima. Fuzzle Wuzzle Bear or something like that? Because you posted a link to the, There's the a last rumble. wave. I think it's called, like, the Rumble Bear that's, or something Is that what like you're that. going? Yeah. Because I saw the name. I was like, that's to- that's got to be the, the one Chima thing that Annie's hunting for yeah. right now. The well, because it has... Because there, there are two... In this last oh wave God. of three Chima sets, there are two new minifigures. And that's the only things you really care about. Yeah. You don't care about that's Chima. Like, you just I was staring at this other set, and I'm like... This is an eighty dollars set. Was the other set I was looking at. You don't even care about the whole minifigure. You just want the animal heads, I just want right? The head. Yeah, I literally. And I was staring at this Lego set. I'm like, I can't in good conscience spend eighty dollars to get this one minifigure head. I just can't do it. Yeah, something that is the size of a crown you put on your teeth or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's not even like a it's whole. Like I just couldn't do it. And the thing That's is, fine. is that the Lego aftermarket is going to be such that because that set is so hard, that figure is so hard to get. It's going to be $20, but I'd rather spend $20 on one figure than... Especially because all the other parts in the set aren't parts I can use for Benton. Mm-hmm. It's like this ridiculous robo-crocodile helicopter thing. I'm like, this is <laughs> yeah. not this is not applicable. Man. Anyway, Lego, Lego, Lego. Uh, Bill, what... That's, that's going to be part of my justification for buying that Back to the Future DeLorean, where yeah. I'm like, Annie has spent $600 on Lego that she's thrown away. <laughs> 
this is my this is my Annie uh, Lego tax. Where at least I'm gonna put this on display. Well, I'm Oof. even thinking about getting the Lego glass cases so I can actually put start putting my Lego on display. Yeah, because I don't have any room to like actually put like any like that like like table space yeah. to display this stuff. Yeah. It'd be nice to have like a little glass case that like lights up. I know every nerd in the world has yeah. those cases now. Yeah, but this would be kind of nice just to like you know. Yeah, I can't make too much fun because I went to there's a plastic company here in town called Tap Plastics where they do all sorts of fabrication of plastic. They'll cut you whatever pieces of acrylic you need. Mm-hmm. And I went over there and I got four um, little display cases that I have all of my bent nights in now. I have them all under plastic so that oh, they that's don't right. get I saw dusty. that last time I was at your house. We drove right past your house yesterday while we were on our way to get haircuts. Aw, yeah, Bill, Bill's I, all short. Well, I almost thought about stopping and I was like, Andy's probably building Lego right now as we speak as we like, tooted by your Man, house. Man, I was in a bad place yesterday. I was not not good company. Yeah, so. uh, JoJo was talking about how much you want to stop by your house and like do gardening for you. <laughs> In case you guys My yard it. is real bad. JoJo my yard looks garden. like, well, my, it's not even gardening at this point. It's basic maintenance. You don't have a big yard or anything, I have a right? tiny yard, which makes yeah. it all the more miserable. You have it's like a British shape. garden. You could call I it. have the worst yeah. yard. I actually really need to find a, somebody to come help me You could tell me you to start working on that stuff. Well, the thing is, is that I can barely keep it mown, much less weeded, much less. You guys less... have lawnmower? Yeah, I have a I don't know if you go out scissors. I you hire a kid in the neighborhood, yeah. I keep for a fucking kid in the neighborhood to come to That's my door. What happens here too, never, think... never once has it happened. It How makes me nuts. People get their lawns mowed. I don't know. I need it. I need a bed. I need someone, just some child to come and mow my Man, yard. Man, I was freaking out. So the weather here in Portland's been kind of cold and rainy for it's last. It's been muggy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of. Ooh. You wake Gross. up and you feel like you're in someone's Humid. living in someone's crotch. This is not why I moved to Portland. But then on Reddit yesterday, I saw someone posted a picture of themselves. They were up in Walla Walla, Washington. It's not mm-hmm. that far away from here. Less mm-hmm. than a day's drive. Like mm-hmm. a fucking two-hour drive. And they were out in the middle of the same wheat field and they filmed the movie Toys and it looked just like Toys. And specifically, they were talking, I guess this is, um, it looked actually, it looked like the windows, like 95 screen. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just the grass rolling hills. Uh But it was perfect, like grass hills and like the perfect blue sky with like little white puppy clouds. I'm like, why am I here? Why am I not stealing a car to go out to Walla Washington and just lay down in the the, the wheat field and toys? toys. Because that's like the perfect little space of like, that's like the perfect spot on earth right there. Oh, Bill. But yeah. Oh, Bill. Anyway, it's your toys. That's yeah, pile, I'll just pile, my, pile a bunch of toys and stuff on myself and like a perfect slice of heaven and for an hour. Die. And then just die. <laughs> yes, seriously. That's it. I could die. That's actually not the worst place. Yeah. If, if, uh, you know what? If you find out that I've bought a ticket to Walla Walla for Washington <laughs> and a oh, handgun, no. you know I'm not coming back. <laughs> not in some kind of sad way where like, yeah. I'm depressed and I'm like, this yeah. is the best everything could be. That's the thing. I don't want to ever be too happy because if I ever get too happy, I will want to shoot myself because I'm like, things will never be this good again. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on top do it now. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, man. Uh, so I was not. I'm not. I'm, I'm my, my depression kicked my ass lately. And the last time I was like, I want to watch a movie. I want to watch a cowboy movie. So I, I, I saw on Netflix this movie, The Homesman came on it. And I saw the trailer for this movie last year. The title itself already just sounds so good. Well, a homesman is someone who would take immigrants back home. Like, if you were immigrated and you... You're depressed and you see even... I was. It was a really bad choice. It was a really bad choice. Because I remember hearing about this and hearing, oh, it's a real feminist Western. I'm like, that sounds interesting. That's... But you know what a feminist Western's going to be. That just means... What that means is that it's a... Unless it's quick in the dead. What it means is that... Well, that's not... 
You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. You, feminist where it's a girl shooting people, or it's going to be the feminist western or, where you're showing what, what whores and women have Exactly. Yeah. That is what it is. It is about three women who go mad because after a rough winter. And Hilary Swank is, um, pretty much draws the short straw and has to take them home. Is this the thing with Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. He wrote it had a thing and about directed this. it. Yeah. It and good? he's in it. Uh... It is so upsetting. It's uh, hard for me. So it's not mechanically bad. It's just. How do you feel about um, rape, self harm, and suicide? Because <laughs> that's what that movie was all about. Jesus it was basically Christ. about how much how much it sucks to be a woman. John Lithgow plays a reverend. I saw the trailer uh, for James that. Yeah, it's, plays it's got a crazy cast. It's got yeah. It's, it's got, got Meryl Streep in it. Do not seek the treasure from uh uh. It's got him. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got from uh. Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy it's got Schmidt? Kimmy Schmidt guy. It's got Kimmy Schmidt guy. Yeah, it's got it's got oh, Kimmy. Oh, <laughs> I think about him because he was an old brother. He was though. an old brother. Do not seek the but trailer. now he's now he's just uh, he's <laughs> Kimmy in my head. How did they when they uh, wrote that line? How did they how did the writers make sure that the actors pronounced it just wrong enough? That man is like a human he, goofy. He is yeah. So he's in that. Too. Anyway, yeah, very briefly, it's a, it was a very well shot movie. Movie. The costuming was really great, but it is depressing. Okay, it's depressing because it did. A job, I was already because... really. I mean, the whole point is that it's like about these sad, broken people in this moment in time, in this sad, broken place. I mean, it, it's one of the few movies I've seen that really portrays the the sadness, like the the how hard it was to be yeah. a frontiersman and be a pioneer. But fuck, when does it take place? 1850 something. Oh, I love movies that take place during the Civil War and that shows it's the badness. It's just post. Well, yeah, exactly. Because Civil yeah. War is 1840s. Yeah. But because I like to watch that, watch or listen to something like that and think, well, little women, stop fucking complaining. <laughs> this shit's happening just like you a couple built, states that away. That is exactly what this movie is. This movie shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up, up. Joe Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I this watch movie it because I like, I like Old Man. Tommy Lee Jones. I like the cast. Oh, fucking Hillary it's, Swank. I it's Hillary Swank adore Hillary is Swank. amazing in this movie. You will be deeply accept, upset by her experience in this movie. She's really good. She's amazing. Her arc is very troubling. She doesn't play one of the crazy ladies? No. Okay. No, she plays, she's this badass woman named Mary B. Cuddy, who's out on the frontier on her own. Oh, you said she she's farm. trying to take. Well, she basically she they um these three women go mad, and so the little church community they're like we have to take them back to their families. We have to okay. take them back east, and um, they draw straws, and for one reason or another, she winds up drawing with the men. Man, that actually sounds good. It's but not re- the... it's the thing is is that I it was a good film. It is one of the most upsetting movies I've seen in a long That's time. That's what you subjected yourself to. I was making a bad choice. There's one moment <laughs> where... You're just watch Lego movies I was something. making a bad choice. I wanted to watch something with cowboys in it that yeah, I hadn't seen before. With cast. I, like, I, I understand the cowboy movie. There's one point... Foley... Poor Foley walked in because she was off drawing. She walks in from the back. <laughs> what the fuck are you She watching? walks in right when one of the women... They're showing kind of a flashback to one of the women sitting naked sewing and she starts threading into her own skin and then yanks it out and it's a lingering gruesome sequence where the camera is fixed does not move during this whole sequence of self-harm yeah and fully just like goes over and hugs me and kisses me we're both sitting there going la 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 because we don't want to hear what's happening wow. and then i forgot that fully worked at a treatment center for for suicidal teens and it was tremendously triggering to her it uh-huh. totally because she actually has experience so you guys like, had a good listen, saturday night it was really bad i made bad decisions that's not did you ever see boys not boys not cry <laughs> that's that's about caveman <laughs> transgendered 
Did you I, ever no, see Boys, no. Boys Don't Cry? No. I saw that in the theater with like two yeah. other people in the theater. Yeah. And that fucking made... I, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie that fucking angry for well, my fucking life. I am, I'm I so like. glad I didn't go see this movie in theaters <clears throat> with Foley. Because Foley and I talked about going to see it. Oh yeah, imagine how bad he had oh it all, at home where you could have just turned it off if you I, wanted to. Yeah, I was able to pause and like, take, like walk around the house and look away and all this shit. But woof, it is a rough movie. Don't watch it Did when you you're fall in emotionally. Did you follow a documentary about spiders? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I should have. It was so upsetting. I should not have watched. It was good. <laughs> so thumbs but up, was, but then thumb into your eye. Into my eye. Yes, <laughs> thumbs up and gouged into my own skin. It was the most upsetting movie I've seen in a long time. Oh, man. Fuck. I had the same experience watching Tomorrowland. <laughs> Well, I got triggered, and I was writing in the theater, but no one else was in the theater, so it didn't upset anyway, so they didn't even bother to shut it off or anything like that. Phil, um, tell me about Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland's not good. It's I not- heard a friend of the podcast, Mike Russell, said that it's <clears throat> Brad Bird Zardoz, it which in a weird is. way makes me want to see it, knowing that it's his Zardoz. You should see it just to see I wish It's going to be hard for me to talk about without you seeing because I'm kind of curious to see what your interpretation of it is, because uh-huh. it's not like... Everyone's been slagging on it. It's not so bad. It's not like one of those movies where it's like so bad it's good. Yeah. There's no one thing in the movie that is like like archingly bad where like like and there's no plot development or in the movie mm-hmm. or anything like that where you're gonna see like oh my god that is so fucking terrible. It's just so not good. It's so milk toast mm-hmm. that you're kind of waiting because especially for a Brad Bird movie, yeah, yeah, and a Brad movie about kind of like a little bit of Disney history and all this yeah. other stuff. You're kind of waiting for the movie to snap together and become interesting, and it never does. And by yeah. the time you end your movie, you're like the hell did i watch like yeah um so it's should we talk about do you think you'll ever see this kind of we almost like table this discussion until you see it i'm not gonna see it anytime soon probably no you're not gonna see it i have to like to go going to see a movie in theaters there's no much effort on my i went to go see it on opening day and it was me and three other people and two of the kids walked out (laughs) um so yeah at least you can go you pretty much have a private show it's like when i when i Going to see a movie takes so much effort and so much, like... Yeah, I know. It, it, ...organization and everything like the, the that. Easy, I'm like, no, well, we talked about this on the podcast last week. At least they're just showing down with the Baghdad, but so I, you don't even, have to worry about... even going, like, oh, I gotta take the bus to the Baghdad, then I, I take know. the bus home. That is enough and effort... And Foley wouldn't be interested that, in seeing no. this, right? Well, she kind of was, and then she wrote the reviews, and then she was like, nope. It is worth seeing for... There's, a like, a, like a 12-year-old girl in the mm-hmm. movie, and she is easily the best part of the movie. Her performance, mm-hmm. she's a little English girl. Mm-hmm. She's fucking great. She's easily the highlight of the movie, but mm-hmm. everything else just... Mm, so yeah, I don't know if I should talk about it that much then, because like I don't want to. Sp- I mean, there's not much to spoil because the story. That's part of the problem with the movie because you think like there's kind of be some kind of interesting mystery or something in the movie. Yeah. No, there's not. It's mostly just the, the big trailer chasing. is so mysterious. Yeah, and the mo- the movie's not even half as interesting or mysterious. And part of the horrible thing too is like most of what you see of Tomorrowland in this movie is in the trailer. You don't oh, see much more of it or get really? have more of it explained. Mm-hmm. Tomorrowland still is much can come as much of a confusing mystery when you're done watching the movie as it was mm-hmm. watching the fucking trailer. And it's just kind of uh, and it's like the tone of it kind of feels like I don't know something about like the action is so kind of kitty and goofy that mm-hmm. it feels like one of the like like the seventies live action Disney movies like the computer oh, really? that wore tennis shoes yeah where it's kind of condescendingly supposed to be like an action movie for little yeah. kids in a way yeah. that's kind of like like one of the big action scenes takes place in a junk store mm-hmm. um, staffed by was it Catherine Hahn the hot lady that you like so seriously much? it's Catherine Hahn and one of the guys from Key and Peele. No, but they're both—they're both—they're supposed to be bad guys, like hunting after the main girl in the movie. 
But, like, in order to keep the movie from being too scary, their characters are so goofy. It's yeah. kind of like, Bleh. They're But both it drains like, all this. Like, Catherine Hunt's wearing, like, old lady glasses, and she's just being very, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the Key and Peele guy, he's got dreadlocks, and he's just being blah, blah, blah. And just, like, what the fuck movie am I watching that, like, these are supposed to be threatening bad guys chasing yeah. the, the, the good guy. And it's just so, like, blah, we got laser guns. And, like, there's this fight in this junk store filled with, like, old science fiction memorabilia, half of it is Iron Giant stuff. <laughs> the other half is all Star Wars stuff, so it's all, like, Star of Wars course. science fiction jokes and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, like, that, and it has nothing, because it's a fight scene in, in our world, it has nothing to do with Tomorrowland, it just yeah. kind of, like, the tone of it's off, and it's just, yeah, it's Weird. hard for me to get into it without, like, plot stuff, because, again, there's not much to spoil, but at the yeah. same time, if there's a chance you might want to watch it, like, yeah. Going to Naked is not that good. It's yeah. for a Brad Bird movie. Yeah. And especially, too, because a lot of people are slagging on... Because Damon Lindelof, he helped mm -hmm. co-write the script. And there's nothing in the movie that you could really pin on Damon Lindelof. The movie's mm -hmm. not necessarily well-written. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's not more... not the of, writing that's Yeah, it's more it. just, like, the execution of the basic idea of the movie is... Huh. Especially because it's supposed to be about, you know, Tomorrowland is this alternate reality where yeah. um, magic happens all on the ship. But, like, they never explain exactly, like, how all the wonderful things that are happening in this alternate universe Tomorrowland are mm -hmm. supposed to be impacting our world mm. and so much of the movie is Brad Bird yelling at us for not being smarter and uh. treating our geniuses with more respect mm. or like doing better to like improve our world but there's no answers within this movie about how how to do that how to do that it's just more yeah. just yelling at us for not letting special people be special which is mm. kind of Brad Bird's whole yeah. thing is like exceptionalism yeah. And yeah. it's again just him just screaming about like how why how dare you not not respect the the geniuses around you more and mm. wouldn't it be great if they had a sp place to go to where they don't have to a be distracted by stupid people yeah and but there's it's no there's nothing inspiring yeah <laughs> yeah this oh my god it is kind of like that Jesus yeah because but... that kind of elitism is just is kind of alienating. One of the bummer things when they first started showing trailers for this movie, like yeah. real hardcore, like they yeah. started showing like a couple teaser trailers last fall. Mm -hmm. It was like earlier this spring, and this is a weird juxtaposition. But going back to uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, mm -hmm. uh, I was just in the middle of binging Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt when mm -hmm. they first started showing off the real Tomorrowland trailers, mm -hmm. especially when they first actually started showing off what Tomorrowland's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And I remember like I'd watched like six Kimmy Schmidt episodes in a row. Yeah. And then as soon as I changed the channel to like, you know, like normal TV that had a Tomorrowland ad uh, add on, and I was thinking about how so much of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is about kind of schmucks living on the fringe of society. Mm -hmm. You know, Kimmy and mm -hmm. was Titus Hydronicus and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And even their landlord. Yeah, yeah, their landlord. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, like, those characters are great people. They're great characters. They're, they're actually good people, but yeah. they're not necessarily exceptional. Like, I'm kind of wondering, like, how would those characters, how would those kinds of people fit into this Tomorrowland <laughs> place? Sure. Because, like, the what you see at Tomorrowland, it's all, like, super young, healthy, fit, able-bodied, yeah. yeah. multicultural, like, 20 to 30-year-olds. Yeah. And there's no place for, like, the fucked fuck-ups and the rejects. Even if you're a genius. Yeah. It's still just yeah. so, such a, like, Felt Brad Bird's Tomorrowland is such a homogenous kind of, like, we are the world kind of, like, unrealistic yeah. idea of what yeah. a perfect society would yeah. be. There's no room for the Titus Adronicus. Yeah. There's no room for a guy who would otherwise just be, like, you know, in a fucking Transformers costume, with, yeah. you know, like, making money <laughs> on, the, on a street corner. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that, like... Yeah, I don't know. There's so many things that are actually better movies and TV shows about yeah. 
the human spirit that yeah. is not Tomorrowland, which is supposed to be about oh, that, but it's so but artificial it's so, and kind of misses so, the point. It's so unkind. Yeah, it is. The it thing is. about saying it's like, oh, well, it's about the human spirit, but it's about how there are some people who deserve to be removed from the dregs of humanity. Yeah, and then on top of that, the uh. movie itself is mostly just chase scenes that have nothing to actually to do. For some reason, the good guys are being chased by robots being sent from Tomorrowland uh. for no reason. See, that just makes so me so, feel so, so gross, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because Portland is bad about this. The aspect of the American dream where it's like, they're like the American dream is like this idea of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, come out of poverty and make your own way. Yeah. But the whole thing is that there's like kind of a strain of it that then that being poor and working a real like a hard job and all that is not worthy yeah. or not. Anything worth the respect. idea that if 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 you were ever going to do anything worth worthwhile in your life, you would have already done it. Yes, already, or like, or it's like your self worth is tied to like how much money you have, like your social status, and yeah, like it your just intelligence. Makes me feel gross. Yeah, and this kind of ties. This could easily tie into like privilege and and yeah. class stuff. It's um, so but oh, it's just gross. Yeah, it's there's like, something there in Tomorrowland that is basically wrong about that. Ugh. Especially with a movie devised by a, like, a rich white guy from Southern yeah. California who's used to being kind of rich and white for a long time. Yeah. Who's kind of like gone from his roots Like to have this whole thing Ugh. about like, if only we could get away from the average people and have this yeah. perfect, like, not white society, but it's just like this like exceptionalism in the yeah. face of like... You're Wouldn't it be great if we didn't have any ugly people around? It's like that kind of like that. You kind of watch the movie, and like nine, fe- <sighs> like nine tenths of the people watching Tomorrowland when they see a little bit of Tomorrowland, you know, like there's no way any of us would be in that world. Yeah, it'd be Brad Bird as like little pretend <sighs> friends, but it's just like gross. But then again, it's hard to complain because, like I said, they barely show anything of Tomorrowland in that movie, so you're only kind of subjected to that for like five minutes, and the rest of the movie is like being chased well, by, you know, you're being chased by Catherine well, Hahn. You you may have officially talked me out of this movie because that just makes me feel gross. Gross, uh, gross, gross. Uh, gross, okay, gross, you don't gross. care about spoilers? George Clooney wants to fuck a 12-year-old robot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not as gross as it sounds. Nope. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Um, <laughs> the 12-year-old robot is the best part of the movie. That's that's the girl I was talking about. She's a robot. You know what the plot of this movie is? Essentially, it's Terminator 2 with the kids. <laughs> because... Which is so weird because it, you're talking about it like it feels like a 70s like Disney movie like for kids. That is none of the marketing. That's what I'm saying. No, it's all like... The marketing is to you. It's not too like teens, or... but that's what the movie feels like. It's it's weird because well, I think part of the thing because it's weird. supposed to be about Tomorrowland and inspiring new generation of genius thinkers yeah. that like he's like Brad Bird in the making of the movie. Mar- uh, it's not a big shocker, God forbid, a movie's being marketed differently than what it's actually aimed for in sure. the movie itself. Yeah, but like his 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 it's this movie really does seem to be made for like 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 ten and twelve year old kids, which is not huh. bad. You can make a movie like aimed sure, at this, no, but yeah. it's also kind of condescending and missing its own point too yeah. at the same same time weird, it's weird, it's a movie weird. made by like a 50 year old old rich white guy yeah. aimed at like trying to inspire little kids yeah who might who like might go to see a disney ah, it's mm. it's conflicted. so the plot is so um yeah so ro- robot 12 year old uh-huh. is trying to keep the older girl from the trailers uh-huh. from being killed by robots from tomorrowland uh-huh. that are being sent after her because the 12 year old gave gives the older girl the magic pin you see in the yeah, trailers. Yeah. 
why and like there's this thing of like she sneaks the pin into the girl's stuff when you know she's at the police station yeah. why the, the 12 year old robot girl doesn't yeah. she, the 12 year old robot girl is also from Tomorrowland but she's a good robot not a bad robot sure. why she doesn't walk up to like the main heroine and say hey here's a pin I'm gonna explain to you everything that's happening rather than sneaking why the pin to her and stuff and letting her being chased for half the movie and then coming yeah. out and saying oh hey I gave you that pin that yeah. kind of like lets you come to Tomorrowland that's the other thing too to Tomorrowland when she's touching the pin She's not actually going to Tomorrowland. It's just a holographic projection. It turns out uh, Tomorrowland's been destroyed for the last 50 years. And so what she's seeing is a pre-recorded well, really commercial from decades ago. <laughs> that, but that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. That, but the, you yeah. don't really get to see it. So even what you see half of Tomorrowland huh. is just like kind of a fake... doesn't even exist in that timeline. Because it's Weird. all been destroyed by fucking Fry and Laurie. Because really? Fry and Laurie somehow took over Tomorrowland oh, and destroyed it. Is it actually Hugh Laurie and Steven Fry? Yeah! <laughs> He's the bad guy. When he shows up, he's all dressed in dark colors. He's so obviously like, I'm the villain. Yeah. But so, so somehow, since I, it's just, oh. Oh, wow, Bill. It's I'm just describing that crappy movie just dream you. Yeah, Cinder Watch, because I'm even, because I was thinking about the movie, how to parse it for the podcast, how to describe yeah. what's wrong with it. In my mental picture of like, explaining to people what's wrong with it, I, it's, it's, it's like, Having someone bring in a crashed, burned up car and it's so fucked up, <laughs> it's hard to explain. Like, yeah. how do we even start fixing this? Yeah. Like, because it's so fundamentally yeah. broken. It's like. Well, it's a house built on sand. Yeah. It's like, and there's just not. Yeah. So anyway, Robot Girl, Ugh. because she she essentially has to rescue the main girl. She's essentially Why? a Terminator saying, come Why? with me if you want to live. Why? Why does she want to save this girl? I can't remember. So the Robot Girl, she was. She used to live in Tomorrowland, and she used to hang out with young George Clooney when George Clooney was first a little kid. He wound up uh -huh. sneaking into Tomorrowland. Okay. And that he got thrown out because he wanted to fuck the 12-year-old girl robot. <laughs> sure. And he didn't realize she was a robot for the longest time, sure. so he got a crush on her. Uh -huh. But then he left Tomorrowland after he realized he could never bone the 12-year-old girl. And at some point after that, like, Hugh Laurie came to power. He was a dude in Tomorrowland. Uh -huh. Came to power and destroyed Tomorrowland because... Humanity is so stupid. He just he decided that he had to destroy Tomorrowland to create a magic orb that will make people think about dystopian futures more often and make people want to destroy dystopian Earth. Dystopian or utopian? Dystopian. Okay. That's not so he has to destroy the utopia he to make an orb that makes people think of dystopia so they want to destroy the Earth. Because he thinks human beings, because he spent so much time in Tomorrowland that he's grown such utter disdain for normal people in our world mm -hmm. that he thinks that since we're like doomed to destroy ourselves anyway why not push the, why not make that a real thing that actually happens by creating a magic orb that sends out like psychic waves in everyone's brain to think about dystopian futures more often so it'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy boy that's not a, that's a thinly veiled okay we'll see Bill and it's because he wanted to make a movie about Hogarth going to Vietnam but they wouldn't Hollywood wouldn't let him so his only option is to make a movie well, about a dystopian and so future so a big part of the movie is trying to solve the mystery of like even the, one of the first things in the movie that happens is you got fucking um ER so, I can't remember his actual name George Clooney <laughs> E.R. E.R. Batman and Robin says. <laughs> Batman and Robin says, when I was a kid, the future was all like like ray guns and, and, and yeah. rocket chips. And now the future is just all sadness and Mad Max shit. What happened? And so that's kind of the things they find out in the movies because the reason why everyone's vision of the future changed from, you know, Flash Gordon mm -hmm. to, to Blade Runner mm -hmm. is because Fry and Laurie's built this giant <laughs> machine that's making everyone <laughs> think that the future is going to be bad. I love that, by the way, side note. That by the fact that they had a show called Fry and Laurie, you're actually calling him by his actual name. 
actual name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, as opposed to just like you know, Steer and Fry. It's really Steer and Fry. But it's just like, but again, that has nothing to do with yeah. like Tomorrowland and like uh, hope for the future or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that's so. Bad. And of course, that's like they end bad. up like they end up turning the like the big magic sphere in in a ruined version of Tomorrowland. Sure. Into a ticking time bomb that needs to be destroyed. So the whole end of the movie becomes very conventional. Like, oh no, the bomb's gonna destroy yeah. Tomorrowland, and also. Woof, what a fart. And then, like, also, it's just, it's not good. And, like, oh, I can't remember what my next point was going to be, but it's just. That's real bad. Yeah, no, it's it's just really unfortunate. And, um, yeah, again, like I said, you barely get to see anything about Tomorrowland. Yeah. But, like, in its prime state, you get to see a little bit of, like, when you see George Clooney as a kid running around in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you get and like, it's destroyed. And, like, yeah, like, so the villain destroys Tomorrowland just so he can fuck up our world, too. And that's the other thing. They uh, This is what I wanted to point out. They never really explain where Tomorrowland came from or anything. Mm. There's a veiled thing where they kind of mention offhandedly, like, the pocket dimension that Tomorrowland exists in. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is, I don't know if it's total, supposed to be a total alternate universe or it is pocket dimension. Was like found by Nicholas Tesla trying to mm-hmm. communicate with aliens like back mm-hmm. in like 1897 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he created some kind of like uh, some kind of telescope or something like sure, that, yeah. supposed to like, you know like intercept yeah. waves like that. And he wound up finding some kind of broadcast from Tomorrowland. So it's never even like figured out like if Tomorrowland was a thing that they stumbled upon, like a nascent yeah. version of Tomorrowland was something yeah. they discovered uh, like stumbled upon in this alternate mm-hmm. universe, or it's mm-hmm. something they built wholesale because it's supposed to be mm-hmm. it's supposed to be Tesla Tesla Edison. Walt Disney, Dracula. Man, Tesla and Edison would have fucking destroyed each other. That's part one. of the joke is like like Tesla found Tomorrowland, but Edison wanted to take take credit for it. Ah, gotcha. But they still teamed up to like and it's See, still just like part. even like kind of logistically, like, okay, well, so how's our like they never explain how our world is supposed to benefit by from Tomorrowland siphoning off all yeah, of our genius all of our talent. Because it's yeah. never even since, like, you can assume that, like, well, they must be making scientific breakthroughs that somehow, somehow benefit us. It must come back through. They never talk about, like, do people, like, live there forever once they go off yeah. to Tomorrowland? Do they ever come back? Do they stay there and raise families? Who, like, yeah. so you have geniuses who have never, like, known anything but Tomorrowland? Yeah. And also, the design Weird. of Tomorrowland is not that interesting. Weird. It just kind of looks like the Citadel from Mass Effect. Yeah. With more, like, ray guns. Yeah. For the, for the 10 seconds you see it. So, yeah. like, from every possible perspective about this it's movie just, about what you want to see and want it to be just it's just kind of like it's just a whiff it's not yeah. like i said there's nothing outright terrible it's not like brian laurie's like it's not like you point to one a, thing and say this yeah this there's not bad. one thing you could fix everything it's just from pervasive every, from just like aside from cool 12 year old terminator robot girl yeah. who she actually does fight she like kicks the shit out of people that's pretty good you know but you know it's still just oh it stinks woof, i guess woof, i kind of spoiled woof, the movie you did bit. you just threw the whole thing which is fine because i'm not now i really want to see it even less bill let me spoil something that you never would experience for you now oh yeah uh this week the third episode of life is strange came out i will play that when the, all the episodes are out oh, man so i had not finished the second episode so i was like okay well i'll take this as an opportunity to catch up on life is strange and that I had game, no idea the third episode was even out. That game is so pretty. Like, I really do like the aesthetic of it. Well, we talked about that in the first episode, yeah. The pacing is interesting. Like, it's such a gentle, pretty game. And they have these little moments. Like, there's this, um, in this most recent episode, this isn't much of a spoiler, but you, you're reunited with this friend. You haven't really hung out in, like, five years. 
and you have this night together and you break is this a new character that you don't see in the first this is ashley birch okay okay yeah um in the in the first game you haven't three episodes for you to well no let me get let me say (laughs) bill because you are my point is is that when the game starts you haven't seen her in five years and you're oh that's when the game starts yeah it's like when the game starts um uh so you um you're having this crazy night together and you break into the school and you go break into the pool and you go swimming together And um, it's too late for you to sneak back into your dorm. So you end up going to her house. And it's not sexual at all. But it is like this. There's this moment where you um, you crash in her bed. And you wake up the next morning. And there's just this quiet. And there's just gentle music. And the camera. They have these great. Is that the third episode? Or is that the this first is in, This is in the third episode that I just played. Okay. Because the second first episode ends with you actually hanging out. Are you at her house or your house? Uh, you do wind up at her house. Yeah. Because you're living in a dorm. My point is, is that you crash at her place and you wake up in her bed the next morning. And it's not sexual. And there's this quiet moment where it's just like, they do this great thing in the game where the camp, they have these very set camera angles that they use a lot, but they're just kind of these gentle, almost like a sl- with a touch of shake to them, like a steady cam okay. that are just like these, these like nice little distance That's shots. That's organic. And it's just like panning to like things like just seeing the two of your bare feet on the end of the bed with all the light, morning light drifting in. Yeah. And it's just this sweet, gentle moment. And it's that kind of melancholy that when like you're having a special moment with friend that you love very much and you know that this moment is fleeting and this moment will end. Yeah. And there's like that, and you know you have to press the button to get up, and you kind of just don't want to because it's just such a sweet, happy moment. But there's that melancholy. But and I'm like, and this game is so but? pretty, and it has these great little moments, and um, it's just the worst writing, the worst writing, and not even just like the dialogue because the dialogue has been well documented how terrible it is. There are little things like this game opens and there's a missing girl. And there's oh, yeah, clearly that's, that's shit that going thing, yeah. on in on your campus. She got like went missing out of like a white light, a white house, not white house. She went, she went to the white house to shake Obama's <laughs> Saw Obama. hand. Obama's Dracula. <laughs> so turns out he's part of the key crawl crate Tomorrowland. There's a you know there's a missing girl, and you have an acquaintance who's who's been manipulated by this rich kid. Who's like there's that's some drugs issues that, going yeah. on, and the protagonist for some reason decides it's all connected, and the game is in it. Assu- the writing all assumes that you agree with her mm-hmm. you're like oh clearly this is all connected clearly i have these mystical powers and it's related to this person who went missing and it's related to my friend who has these drug problems which is or- weird because i like i said i played up until the very end of the la- in the first episode and they set up all those things but like i'm not at the point at where the no character point, suddenly decides that like it's all part of the same mystery there is no link between them all other than the fact that you are witnessing them all yeah. but the character is so convinced and you are supposed to be convinced with her and i'm just like game you have not earned this from me yeah yeah like, they just that the, the, fun- the shoestrings together like, no to make not that, yeah. not even to the point where i could even understand why that character is thinking that that, that is that is bad writing at its basic core where it's not yeah. even just about di- quality of dialogue, it is not just but when you're decide i don't understand why your character's why... thinking the way it's thinking exactly. is not does not make sense it does yeah. not follow through yeah she's just Ugh. made this decision and it's so upsetting because the game i want this game to be good and i feel like just with a slightly better writer it could have been so much better because yeah. even though like like sometimes the character animation is little, but for me for being not a tr- being like not a triple A game for being an episodic release sort of thing trying to riff on the Telltale model, I want it to be do well and be successful and I want there to be quiet little stories about teenage girls like that shit is important mm-hmm. and they did a cool thing this last episode now I will spoil 
Life is Strange for you. So you have uh, this ability where you can rewind time. And the, as, a mechan- as a game mechanic, it's great. I kind of don't even want an explanation because it's like um, in Telltale games, you make a choice and there's always that question in your mind of like, well, I wonder what had happened if I'd done a different thing. In this game, they want you to try both ways. You, and you can rewind and change it. So, like, you can choose to kiss your friend or not yeah. at one point. And it's like, you can rewind Do you and kiss try the other way. Rush lady? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just a quick peck. It is... Fully was like, do I need to come see this? There was a quick peck. That's like, what nope. I'm kind of wondering. Is this like, no. I'm like... No. I like the idea of Ashley Burch probably pulling a gay character. Is all I'm saying. Well, she... Yeah. The implication is that she has feelings for Rachel. This girl is missing. Okay. It's more than implication at this point. Okay. But anyway, um, she's the very least bi, Bill, to tell you that. Uh, anyway, so the um, uh, the uh, it's a cool thing in that you can actually rewind and see how you don't see the long term ramifications, yeah. but you can see the immediate consequence, and you can make your choice with that. You see both sides of the coin, so you which go. is cool. It's in some ways it kind of robs your agency a little bit, but I like that the point is not necessarily action; the point is the consequences. Um, to the point where there are a few dialogue in the a few dialogues in the game where you can't rewind time, and at that point you're so used to it, you're like, "But I want to see what my other dialogue option was." Yeah. But Especially anyway, you, you, like when you get into a game, you like to be a completionist. So yeah, instead of having I, I to do like multiple playthroughs, you can actually see, just that's the thing. you get the scope of the land of exactly who's doing what, where, and like what you're to some extent. Like there are some things like the episode two ends with a character trying to commit suicide, and I think depending on what you do, she can she can succeed. Like, you can, based on your decisions and your consequences, okay. she can kill herself. Yeah, and you, it's, it makes sense that you can, that's a big enough thing you can't necessarily walk exactly. back. Because like, especially if that's the apex of, an, of one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's and also it's like you set the dominoes in place. Yeah. And if you haven't set them oh, just right, then okay. it'll all fall apart. And see, shit like that is cool. Um, mm. But it's just not, it's not quite, it's not written well enough. And um, But at the end of episode three, you learn that there's a new aspect of your ability in that someone gives you an old Polaroid photo of you you and Chloe, Ashley Birch's character, when you were younger. And it was, in fact, her father who died in a car accident. It was, like, literally the last photo he took. Like, he took that photo and then got a call from mom saying, hey, I'm at the grocery store. Can you please come pick me up? Okay, yeah. He gets in the car and has a car accident and dies. And that so kind of... He took this photo, like, five minutes before he died. Exactly. Yeah. So you look in this photo and all of a sudden you are able to go back in time to that moment. Whoa! So now you're just rewinding time but jumping back to a specific point exactly. that's, like, not and just... And you're able... And the implication is that you are actually in time because there's, like... You, she, I can walk up to the Do you need a photograph? So it's not yeah. can go anywhere. Okay, she yeah. has a... She has a... I mean, I... This is the way the last episode. So happens. technically, she'd go back and stop Jack Ruby from being shot if she like, got that photo. Yeah. yeah. So um, she oh, looks okay. at and 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 you go up to the fireplace and you graffiti the fire like you can graffiti the fireplace. I'm curious if I go back into the present and go to that room, will the graffiti be there? Am I like I that because they're traveling through time. I like that ties into the whole photo photographic thing exactly, they set up in the first which episode. Is yeah. Clumsily handled. Which is just game. like I love photos so much. But um, so you go and you the game forces you. This is not a choice you can make. You prevent her father from dying. Okay. Which has. All these well, consequences. Well, does that rewrite her, like, Chloe's personality? Because, like, so much well, of her personality... Well, here's the thing. Literally what happens is you, you manipulate time, you prevent this man from dying. Okay. And then you come out of the photo, and all of a sudden, instead of being in that place that you were before, you're sitting in the in the common ground of your school uh-huh. with all the cool kids. And the implication is that you're one of the cool kids now. And they're all talking to you like a friend. They're using your full name. They're calling you Maxine instead of Max. She's like, that's not... 
I like that because it's fun so fundamentally. And then she's just like, she looks around her and like things are wrong. Like this boy that she flirted with is with someone else. And she's like, what is happening? And then she's like, where's Chloe? So you um, run to the bus and uh, it's kind of great because the door opens and this guy who was the security guard, who was Chloe's stepfather and his total asshole is the bus driver instead. So clearly shit, like lots of things are impacted and you're just like, shit, shit, shit. And you get in the bus and as you're driving, and it's this beautiful like scene of being on the bus and like this anxious anxiety. And oh God, as she drives by the, the coast, no, it's, it's actually good. Yeah. You drive by the coast cause it's in this or- Oregonian Bay and there are three beached whales. Like things are happening. Like you see dead birds everywhere. Like there is something is happening to this world because of what is happening. And you keep having these visions of a tornado coming and destroying the town. Mm-hmm. So like shit is bad. Something is happening. And you um like, it's this really, this great kind of, attention and you get to the house and the house is even different because when you go see it before it's like half painted yeah exactly it's There's all fucked up the yard. but no you one's get been paying attention to in this in the house, memory yeah. the house is fully painted the yard is immaculate like now that in this new present everything is different you go knock on the door the interior looks a little different even and william the man whose life you saved opens the door he's like hey how have you been i haven't seen you since you've been to seattle i heard you were coming back to school again that's so great chloe will be so glad to see you and then you know, he, he, he's like, he's like, I'll go get her. And I'm like, uh, Chloe's a robot. Chloe's in a wheelchair. Chloe is super fucked up. Like she's strapped to the How'd wheelchair she get fucked up? with a breathing apparatus. I mean, and that's the end of the game. That's the end of that episode. Turns out she is. She's a uh, Athena. <laughs> a 12 year old fuck bot. <laughs> Wait, how'd you know it was Athena? You mentioned before that Athena was the best part of the movie. Athena is the best part of the movie. <laughs> so anyway, it's is, is... the implication. Because it's like, a ca- the episode is called Chaos Theory. It's like, obviously, the implication is like, well, by preventing her father from being in a car accident, maybe that meant that Chloe was in a car accident instead. And instead... Oh, of, she took a place, yeah. Instead of killing her father, it just... There's it been Star just, Trek episodes where going back and, like, like trying to make oh, things better. Oh, this is better. totally a Star Trek thing, yeah. But, like, going back and fuck, fucking with the timeline creates, like, some kind of temporal thing where, like, the actual fabric of reality starts yeah. getting fucked up, so you have to go back and, like, reset things to what yeah. they originally were. That's that's the lesson you learn. It's like, yeah. don't mess with the way things should be. Well, even, even I wonder just if beyond, that's just gonna be the punchline to this. Beyond that I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Beyond even that, it's kind of ballsy because halfway through this series where your decisions have serious consequences, kind of, the world has been reset. So did I make those decisions? Did yeah. they happen? That's that that actually that sounds legitimately cool. It's see the thing is is that it just sucks so like pretty and it's like they're neat things like this and they're trying to do things, but it hasn't earned half of it. Yeah, if if half the reason why Max is doing that is still like unjustified. And it's beyond just all that, there fuck, are little things yeah. like it's very clear that it's not just the writing; it's in the direction. Because mm-hmm. there will be there will genuinely be moments where. Um, in a character will say will pronounce a word wrong <laughs> yeah like what was there it was some word that was like i this wasn't it but it'd be like it's even called and you said called drone it's like that sort of shit and it's like and it's happened enough now where i'm like no and it'll be like with line delivery too mm-hmm. where i'm like the wrong word will be well, stressed is this, is this not a french game that is written by french people so I like mean, there's it's... something lost where if you had a vo- <laughs> like know. a french vocal or Maybe. a french like audio director who doesn't yeah. know and Foley yeah. was talking to me. She was like, Oh, they yeah. even the voice actors would well, know see, that better. was exactly what Foley it's... said. Foley said, you'd think that, you know, the Ash, uh, voice directors would say, actors would say something. I'm like, at the end of the day, their job is not to rewrite dialogue. Their job is to do exactly what the director tells them to do. And you can challenge a director. Yeah, why is Ashley Burke constantly saying, follow... I want to have a peanut butter and jelly a Samo Mitch? Pretty much. 
witch or sand witch. <laughs> sand witch. Oh, man, that is rough. It's just, and the game is so pretty and uh. so gentle and so sweet and has such good music. And the relationships they're building and playing with themes of how hard it is to be friends and and like just kind of ghosting over sexual uncertainty, but not hammering on yeah. it or even leaning on it. It's mostly subtext and like friendships and and like rekindling an old friendship. Though it's all handled so poorly, so poorly in the writing, and it's so upsetting because this game, I'm assuming, is not doing well, and it's been getting in terms of sales and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like not a lot of great criticism because of the writing, and it kills me because I don't want the fault of this game to be like, oh well, no one wants to play a game about teenage girls or whatever. It's genuinely just that this game is just not very well written. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's one of the things that kind of bumps me <sighs> out about Tomorrowland kind of feeling. It does also it was number one at the box office this weekend, but it's not doing nearly as well as Disney sure. has hoped. And a lot of the blame on that's probably going to be because you know you have a female lead. And, yeah, and like like two of the major characters, like one's like, no, one's a twelve year old bad. fuck robot, and the other one's like an awesome like you know like eighteen year old girl. Yeah, and like that's that's. That's some people are gonna misinterpret like Brad Bird not knowing what the fuck he's doing with oh uh, movies starring women just don't do See, well. And this is this and is what just... I keep going back to thinking like uh, one thing that makes me keep thinking about is that and we had talked a little bit about how the fact that you had said that um, uh, Fury Road wasn't a feminist movie and um, Anita Sarkeesian was on Twitter saying it's not a feminist movie because it glorifies violence and violence is ultimately masculine and letting fem- fem- females embrace masculine is not feminist blah 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 but beyond that I'm like at the end of the day having more than three female protagonists is a feminist act having one female protagonist yeah, Anita is a Sarkeesian feminist act agree on something yes. <laughs> I actually really like she really I didn't know. oh yeah did you not see her on Twitter there was a lot of that's the first denouncement it. of Fury Road I've ever even heard of because oh, everyone yeah. has been so unanimous like yeah she said she said something like uh, the camera lingers on violence like it lingers on the bride's bodies I can and I disagree appreciate where she's coming from yeah. even though personally I think she's wrong I think she's very wrong I mean, well, well, I'm is... wrong it's personal interpretation so yeah, 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 there's no yeah, yeah. real thing is well, like, objectively no real wrong feminism but like, like that. But I'm just saying yeah. it's like we are in this day and age where just by having a screen full of women that is a feminist act. Just by having more than... I do like that the first Mad Max movie that is feminist is also the one where you do get, like, a lingering, like, shot of, like, five women hosing each other down while wearing muslin <laughs> fair, underpants. that is, like, that was not... Well, that's always playing as... I, for me, for being a huge Mad Max fan, fan, which in the Mad Max movie, like, women aren't sexualized that like like that at all. See, that's always, like, played as a joke that, because it's exactly. the first time he's such a And in that moment, they're not really sexual beings. Well, it is... From his perspective, it is kind of a moment of, like, that is... A, when he pulled that... When, like, he sees first for Caesar's woman. That's the last thing in this whole fucking post-apocalyptic wasteland you expect to see. Yeah. It's more just like the fact that, yeah, it's, but it's I not like, like in that moment, lasciviously... the part that's like see-through is her pregnant stomach. Uh, exactly, like, yeah. that's the thing about that. It's oh, like, is that, that shit is... Did they actually knock up her Yes, in they real got life her pregnant from the movie. movie. That was it. I'm just saying, if that's my, a fake belly, that's a good fake belly. My point is, is that, like, I know, yeah. playing this game, I'm like, this game is bad. And it is bad because of the writing. Is Does Chloe have an, uh, uh, a fucking uh, Morda Joe mask on? <laughs> she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> it, it, Life is Strange is worth playing, and I want, but it's just the writing is so. Bad. Do you not mean Life is Strong? <laughs> stronger. <Life> is stronger. <laughs> stronger. Man, so you, is, are you going to stick through to the end? There's only yeah. two more episodes. Oh, yeah. Left. yeah. See, the thing is, I am getting pleasure from it, and it's just the writing is so bad. It's so bad, and so clumsy. And it just makes you appreciate games like. 
Gone Home and games like The Last of Us that get it right. Yeah, they get all you the know? finer details right. Exactly. It's not just not just about the tone and the texture, but it's actually yeah. like it follows through on everything that's supposed yeah. to be doing. Yeah. And it's just damn. And it's hard to do that shit right, especially it in can games. Be, yeah. In games where writing really is not always the first. It's safe to say writing is rarely the first. It's goal. one of those things that okay. I kind of wish they had shown that to more people just to kind of get that kind of feedback a little more. Like I don't know. Then again, who knows who? Who they knows? Shown that to, I mean, at like, that how point, do you, how do you fix that if you don't know what if these writers obviously don't know what the problem is? Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, if 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 it, within the dialogue the threat isn't a, a, a tornado, it's a tornado. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing that kind of bothers me is like this game doesn't need a supernatural thing. Yeah, to make it depends it... on how it wraps up. I know like, exactly. I'm used to like, Stephen we'll King see. books ending now that way, that, where suddenly now like that things are more fucked up. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well maybe they're going something with. I'm betting because she messed with time too much. Yeah, she set like some. I'm kinda... presuming the climax of the game is going to be her going back in time before she had powers, and then preventing herself from getting powers, and then just learning so, to accept just... reality. How does she is. give a message to herself that like? Because her, she still kind of probably well, needs to learn a lesson. Well, whenever she travels through time, she is she remembers everything. Okay, so yeah, yeah. And it's one of the things is like when she goes back in time, she's like, "I am an 18 year old in a 12 year old body. This is really weird, you know." It's like she is she is conscious. In fact, things she has like when she gets something by traveling through time, she retains it when she travels. Oh, that's, okay, that's right. Like, yeah. the, a lot of the puzzles in the game are you need to manipulate items still, so that you get something, and then you can rewind time. That so is you still can. an interesting premise. It's it's a Just cool the idea of the kinda, game. Uh, it is. I have never played a game before where I can lay it all on the writing. I it's will, not game mechanics. I will continue playing Life is Strange if you watch Tomorrowland. We can compare notes like six months from now, but when both when we're both caught up, I will rent Tomorrowland for a dollar from the red box. <laughs> That's that the kind of movie it is. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. woof on both accounts. Double wolf. Bill, tell me about Witcher 3. Witcher 3 is good. I actually haven't played that much because I let you borrow for a couple days and I didn't realize how much I was into it until I lent it to you. Yeah. And then I was like... See, you play, you haven't cares? played that much, but you but, played a lot more than I did, my friend. Well, it's, I don't even know how much of it is The Witcher 3 being good as much as, like, new video game. Yeah. But I, I kind of like, when I lent it to you, kind of sat down and like, yeah, I, for a day I was fine. The next night I was like, I wish I had something new to play. Because I still have like a whole bunch of half unfinished games on my sure. PlayStation 4 and stuff. But sure. Witcher 3, it is just, you're just, like, I literally just started the main body of the game. Because the first five or six hours, you're like in a smaller, like, little sequestered area. And it's mm -hmm. kind of more or less just extended tutorial. There mm -hmm. is a little tutorial stage at the beginning yeah. where you're being taught how to, you're, you're teaching this very weird little girl who is obviously the motion capture of an adult applied to <laughs> yeah. this girl's body with a it's, face it's that's too strange. big for her. It's a strange choice. Yeah. Um, so that's an actual physical tutorial and certainly like that combat and stuff. But then you like your first couple missions in the game. It's it's really just teaching you like how the quest structure works and stuff. Mm -hmm. Really, it's just third person. It's kind of like Dragon Age, except without the interesting characters. <laughs> and without a sky yeah. holder or anything. It's like, that's the thing about Witcher that bothers me is it doesn't have a lot of... Because the other thing is people, aside from everyone complaining how small the fonts are in The Witcher 3. Fuck, too small. Which I sit three feet away from my TV in my office, so that's not a problem to me. I sit nine feet away from my television. Oh, well, yeah. Well, and we were talking about I'm this before fucked. we started recording, but that's totally, you could totally tell these guys are PC developers. What they, they didn't think about what the font size needs to be for a video game where people are going to be sitting in their living rooms far away from their TVs yeah. and not right in front of their computer monitors. Yeah. Uh, but what the hell was I going to say? Uh, Witcher. Oh, no, no, no. 
the, the fucking uh, the inventory system. And that's what the other thing everyone's yeah. been cl- complaining about. Which, as bad as it is, is, is still better than the inventory system in Dragon Age 3. And I'm hoping by the end, of the, by the time I'm done with The Witcher 3, I will be so used to this terrible inventory system. <laughs> that, that Dragon Age going to dra- Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing that came from playing Dragon Age was like, sure. like the inventory manager was so bad. It is Hopefully, bad. just going down just not notch below in quality, we'll still yeah. be like, oh, this actually isn't as bad as I remember yeah, it being. it's pretty clunky. So, especially with nothing else coming out this summer until September 1st when Mad Max comes out, which, God forbid, if that's going to be any good or not. Yeah. Um... Yeah, maybe I'll just play. It's you gonna know be a Witcher Three Dragon about, Age uh, summer for me. You know me. what my worry is about Mad Max? It went back the in, game. People have been freaking out about like yeah, the game. People have been freaking out about Fury Road. They're like, I really want the lay. I want to be able to play Furiosa in this game. And it made me think about it. And I went back and watched the trailer. There's not a single woman in the trailer. Oh yeah, Mad no, Max that's game. what I'm saying. You hear a woman's voice, and the implication being, "You saved me, Matt." It's interesting because supposedly George Miller did have input into the game. But I, this is gonna be the thing too, because like in like Fury Road just may be kind of like an a- anachronism, not an anachronism. It's gonna be. A it's fl- not like all future Mad Max stuff is gonna be as quote unquote feminist well, as no. Fury Road is. But yeah, I'm kind of wondering, yeah, if it's gonna be like Princess Peach bullshit, we're saving the. We're gonna be saving in a Mad Max game. Because, well, like, every Mad Max story is about him being drawn against his will. Like, to, yeah, why does he care about saving a lady unless, unless she's got his stuff? She's got his calico critters. Ugh. Yeah, like, I don't know. Just, I don't know, like... I, don't, I was already upset about the game having all the guns and stuff anyway, because, yeah. like, in the punching, because I'm like, that's not really Mad Max, although that's more like what Fury so Road watching is. the trailer, it really reminded me, um, there, for a while there there was in development, there were actually two in development, they both got canned, but there was a full throttle sequel in development yeah, for a while there that, that was, like, a fighty game. Really? And, like, there's something about the combat of this trailer that reminded me of some of the screenshots from this full throttle And you're going to have to learn how to mod games, like, and you can work with somebody to, like, make a mod, yeah, full throttle mod for yeah, this. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I just like I'm getting too old for this shit. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, while you were playing Witcher Three and enjoying it, question mark, I was having the time of my life. The reason why I loaned Witcher Three back to you is that um, yeah, because you borrowed you you had like, it for oh, like sure, literally forty eight hours, and then like Aww. that day, um, Starfighter Eclipse came out. So Starfighter Eclipse, I backed on Kickstarter a while ago. There is a company called Date Nido. Um, <laughs> really who is uh, developed a visual novel engine where the whole thing is that it's web-based. It's HTML5. So you can play these visual novels on not only on your computer, whatever system you have, yeah. you can play it on a tablet or you can play it on your phone. Like, that's the whole point of it. And it's all web-based, so you, your saves yeah, are on matter. the web. Yeah, so there's so no, like, game between. engine that you have to download or anything You can like switch that, yeah. between. So, like, I can play it for a while on my phone keep progress, and then yeah. go play on. And I realized that an iPad is the perfect conduit for a visual novel mm-hmm. it is like just perfect have you not played one on an ipad before you see no. that, that that's half the point for if, yeah. if you're a gamer and you like visual novels and you own an ipad it seems to be half the reason mm, no what? there aren't are many... you using a full-sized ipad or a little mini ipad i have a i have an old i have like a gen 2 ipad okay yeah but the thing the, a lot of the visual novel novels that are off ipad are not they're like shitty boyfriend simulators they're not like not like starfighter fighter eclipse well starfighter is a so it's based on a web series by hamlet machine called starfighter which is a gay space opera for lack of a better term. Already sounds better than Tomorrowland. And uh, so this game, you play a... Uh, so in the world of Starfighter, um, there's like this alien threat. And to c- combat the alien threat, they have these... Actual aliens or sexy aliens? Actual aliens. Okay. Um, you have these paired... Um, 
duos. You have navigators who are um, obviously navigators in mm-hmm. there, but they're mechanical and very intelligent and trained to um, know computers and systems and language and all that sort of shit. Um, they're hyper intelligent. And then they're all paired with a fighter who's more aggro. Um, the fighter pilot? Yeah. It's like, okay, and, like, they literally in ships do serve those roles. But also beyond that, it's a very, it's designed to be a very codependent sort of relationship. And so the comic is about a navigator and a fighter who are partnered together and figuring each other out and having, is developing a sexual Oh, the navigator's uh, humanoid? Yeah, they're all, it's all humans. Okay. They're all humans. I don't know if they were, because you made it sound like they were robots. I wasn't quite sure. No, no, if they no, no. Like they're little... all, they're people. They're okay, human yeah, males. Yeah, okay. And they're fighting this unknowable. It really is threat. all just human males. It's not even just like ladies on uh, like. You see some, there are some women, but the game is. Specifically I mean, gay male stuff. It's, it's a gay male yeah, yeah. oriented game. It's not like a, and the story, it's Which like, it's fun. playing off okay. of that. And that, to me, but I, I don't know. It sounds like some, a lot of romance, or not a romance, not a lot of visual novels tend to, can, can be kind of pansexual from what I've distantly Very seen. Very few, actually. Yeah, that's, so that may be just my interpretation that is just totally, from hearing some people talk about that stuff. They're super hetero. Like, yeah. super hetero. Okay. Or super gay. And there's not necessarily a lot of in-between. Okay. Um, and when I say super hetero, that includes lesbian games, because the lesbian visual novels are not written for women. I will say that. That's, yeah. Uh, it is bad. That's a big anyway, um, so, uh, the, um, this game is interesting because it's very much so, d- it, it's based off the kind of yaoi sort of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's very much so like... It's hard to talk about that without sounding like crazy. Yowie, yeah. Male romance oriented towards women. That's the whole thing. Is Bara. What's that? Bara is ripped, like, beefy men. For women? Or no, Bara is usually for men. Oh, okay. I wasn't quite sure, yeah, what the mark. I know, like, a lot of those things can have technically what the same content, but depending on what mark it is. No, not at all, actually. Not even remotely. Because Yowie are usually on surface level. Not even remotely, Bill. That is for me, because I'm not a detail oriented person. Could you not tell the difference between a slender, like, 12 year old boy? Touching another slender twelve-year-old boy versus like a forty-five-year-old beast man. Another which one's twelve-year-old boy man. one? Yaoi. That's Yaoi. That is so. Yaoi. This is more Yaoi. This is more Yaoi. It's it's elves, not dwarves. What exactly, is what you're saying? Yeah, much. that's the difference. Okay. Bara is actually apparently not. It's kind of an outdated and disrespectful term. It is gay. I just mania. learned it. I know. The thing is, is that Bara is so dis- dis- specific. And like in the way that Yaoi is specific, and I'm sad that Bara Annie, is apparently not let me say, right. That's retarded. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I know. Go yeah. fuck yourself. I, anyway, I'm yeah. talking about Starfighter Clips. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so this game, I backed on Kickstarter a while ago, and it came out like just on time, and it's a, I'm really enjoying it. But it's uh, it's interesting because it's just like this little space drama that has this relationship element to it, and you can um, there are like five different paths you can romance, and you can die if you fuck up, and it's just such a such a really competent visual novel because usually most visual novels aren't. The writing is competent. The art is really good. Mm-hmm. It actually, for being web-based, is just great. Like, the sound design is great. Okay. The music is really good. You would not like it. I will just tell you right yeah, now, it's not designed for you, but I am having a hell of unless a time with unless it. Unless there's, like, a, like, a, like a official novel you're dating, like Jennifer Conley and Christina Hendricks and, and, <laughs> and like... The only visual novel you should ever Hillary play Swank. is... Uh, um, Analog hate story. Hate I want to. Well, no, I, no, I did play that first yeah. one. Man, I like that. If I if I did a visual novel between like women, I'd want to date. It would be so like, like all the. It just. I kind of have a time, but then it'd be like. You are sorry, uh, Jennifer Conley, Christina Hendricks. You live on the other side of the marches. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm uh, the world's worst. Who's who's their buddy's name? Larry. Larry. <laughs> Larry. I'm Larry. Larry. I love you. You're the marches. I was like, Harry, Harry, just plink it. Larry, that's the marches. <laughs> 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 You 
want pizza roll? <laughs> anyway, to any Boy Hattie listeners, if God the damn. idea of a uh, boy kissing visual novel sounds good, is it highly recommend. Oh, the art is phenomenal. Okay. Um, Hamlet Machine is a great artist. She did not do all the art for this. Um, but they got someone who totally nailed her style. And there was a thing that they do, the, the color palette is very particular in that comic, and they carry it over in the game, where it's all in space, but there's not, the color is really great, because it's, it's grayscale, it's, it's mostly gray. Mm-hmm. But there is a coldness to it that's just night and it just emphasizes the fact that this is space okay that's These are nice. people a little, being a little bit of, of remoteness yeah exactly which i could see the loneliness. adds to people coming together in exactly. the depth of space would be kind of nice it's just yeah. it's such a smart thing and it's is so it good. always just really human like males yeah. is it, so you don't have like robots it's not when it's you can't date a guy who's just technically a robot it is space in that but it is space that it's like it is uh, the aliens are not fuckable yeah okay. like i don't know if i i have not actually read all the comic i after playing this game i, I read the first couple of pages but i didn't i i don't really like reading web comics anymore i have <laughs> yeah. to say i much prefer most print. people don't that's why there's so only I three ordered, left i ordered uh, the um the books of the web comic and i'm having it sent to me to add to my dirty my very small dirty <laughs> comics collection and uh but uh, the um it, i think the alien race is like not i don't even know if they've seen them okay because it's just, like clearly well, that's they, what i'm saying i don't know how much they're they're I don't know. know how smutty they're getting. Cause, you know, it's the science fiction it's thing with the dating. Like, it's well, it's still it's be smutty. Boys. It's boys and but boys. I mean, it's still like you know, I like depending on how what what kind of track you wanted to take with the material, you it's could have like fuck robots. Thing. Yo, no, that's no, what I'm saying. No. How like where everyone's just sexy, no matter no. what race it's or not, species I they are. I actually like the the world building of yeah. it because it's not it's not that kind of. It's really just like it's kind of more like an end. Not everyone's got a sexy sort of thing. Yeah. It's more than it's... Okay, it's a little um, more grounded that way. Yeah, so I I, I really That's one of the things, like, people talk about, like, the fiction of Mass Effect where everyone's just a sexy alien. Even the Krogans are probably bonable in some way, you know, even though they're just giant turtles, but... Um, The one thing that I'm kind of disappointed in is that the story arc seems to be the same no matter what. I was kind of hoping that the, um, that whodunit, at the end of it would change a little bit based mm-hmm. on your decisions. And maybe that may be true. I've only played through a couple of the routes. Do they tell you how many routes there are when you, at the outset, or do you have to look that up? Um, Well, there's a gallery in the game where you... Because in visual novels, usually when you like ma- ha- something happens, you get not only the text and everything, you get like a full screen yeah, illustration. Exactly, yeah. So you see the gallery that's kind of implied. Here are all the things you oh, okay, this is Yeah, this is a kind of road, sex roadmap. And I think... Well, and it's not always sex. Well, sometimes you know, in a relationship, you know, like there's like... Yeah, these are kind of like... Or sometimes it's these are the like, variables in play, at least. Death. Yeah. It can be like you see something unexpected, yeah. or and there is a mystery in the game of the reason why that your character Helios becomes a fighter is that your sister was a fighter. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. I'm like, well, do the women fighters are they paired with other women? Is it very much so like sounds a like for this sexual, yeah. like like codependency thing in this world? Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm very curious about. I'm really excited to read these books when they show up. But uh, anyway. Um, you, your sister was a fighter, and the implication is that she went through something sort of similar to what happens to you. And so there's this mystery of what happened to your sister. So I'm like, well, I need to figure out exactly what variables to go through to see, to find out what happened to my sister in this world. So it's, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, one of the things I don't like about visual novels is how you, they're just designed to be played over and over and over again, and things become, lose their specialness yeah. that way. Um, that could be bothersome. So I'm a little, I'm a little hurt that the route, the actual plot doesn't change. It's no, just no. the variables and how it happens. Though I enjoy the plot 
And I like those. Well, those are put together by a small enough team that kind of justifies why. They made it in a year. The scope of it's kind of small. Exactly. The scope should be what it is. It's a boutique game, and I'm really and it's a boutique that I want to succeed. I'm curious what this team's next game is called. Hustle. Uh, Can I mod it to include like a Kerbal Space Adventure guy, like a little green guy? (laughs) I'll see. Um, Your navigator, Celine, instead of being a beautiful slender man. We're gonna have to get into this. Did you hear about the Game of Thrones episode this week? Yes. I am so glad I fucking bailed on Game of Thrones. The terrible thing is because I stopped reading the books at this point. I like uh, part of the thing is they changed uh, a, it's, a it's... sexual assault scene as opposed to being a n- n- minor character. They well, made technically, it a major character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is Fuck funny because I'm watching it. And I watched that. the episode and I, and I was like, "Wow, that's fucked up," but I didn't realize. There was like a fewer Fuck a boatload of that. Oh uh, man! Um, you know what? There's nothing that makes me more bored than it's like I want to make something real. Okay, I was, the homesman deals with women in a situation where women are a commodity and women have very little self-actualization. And you see rape in that movie, but it's a husband raping his wife. Yeah, and it's very traumatic. Oh god! And that's one of the other things. Anyway, go ahead. But it's it's like they never dwell on it. It's never. Well, it's not. It's, it's not. not pun- it's not. Yeah. There is like there's. Ne- it's it's it is just it is and it is like it's sparing. not titillating or anything like that it you is know. sparing and unpleasant and it's just the facts version just flying the boy <laughs> and it's so much well less... they don't the, 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 this, mm. this game of thrones episode is not done up to be like kind of se- it's not done for like Mm-mm. sexy rape or anything like that it's still it's presented as this is a bad thing that a villain is doing to one of the good but guys but there's still like you don't have to show an assault to know that it's bad which is funny because like it's it makes I, also... I was actually i was kind of surprised that people were upset because you kind of see this was going to happen so sansa spoilers for game of thrones sansa stark she ends up being manipulated. Mm. Well, she ends up being manipulated, but then willingly walks into this marriage relationship with one of the villains on the show. And of course, her wedding night, she ends up being raped by her new husband. And which to me seemed like like a logical conclusion of what was happening. But in the books, her character is actually it's supposed to be someone else, like someone who's pretending it's one to be one of the handmaidens. Yeah. Yeah. And so they changed on the show, so it's actually happening to her as a character. And this is a character who's already been even more That's than other Game of Thrones no characters been run through the. This. I'm and just out. They're, they, they if you to... feel the need to do sexual assault as a character device for a female character, I'm out. My point of view I'm isn't. I'm too old for that shit. The, 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 the only actually, it sounds terrible. But the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because it, like I said, it actually seemed like an organic part of the story to me. Mm-hmm. The way it was presented, a little fucked up. But well, at least in the way they've remolded the story, it's it's not surprising that they have. Although they didn't necessarily have to show it on screen or anything uh-huh. like that. But it's more how not even just guys, but some women have absolutely no under- understanding why people would be upset about this. So mm-hmm. I, at least I can, uh, even if I'm not like automatically outraged by this, at least I can understand why other people are outraged. Not even, I, I even, even hate to say outrage because it sounds like some kind of artificial, someone's yeah. like just getting yeah. their guffs up just to do it. Yeah. But like that's, you can't tell other people that they can't be upset about something. Like, especially on a show that they love like this, where the story is being changed for so that more fucked up things are happening than the original books. But it's just like, it's just, I'm, I'm why did I even bring this up? I'm out. I'm out of game. Mad Men ended well. Ugh. Mad Men ended well. Bill, did you enjoy the end of Mad Men? It was good. The opposite. Do we care about spoilers for Mad Men? I don't give a shit about Mad Men. <laughs> it was good. I, the one big problem anyone had at the end of Mad Men is Peggy Olsen, you know, the president's mm-hmm. daughter from West Wing. Mm-hmm. She, she, she gets a boyfriend. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is kind of a little disappointing because she's such a career-oriented person. But, um, but yeah, no, because she had a Hendrix for character. You could have a career place. and a man. You could have it all. Well, that's kind of a little bit like, yeah. But Christina Hendricks, she actually, uh, so Bruce Greenwood shows up and is like her boyfriend for a couple mm-hmm. episodes. She kicks his ass to the curb so she can go off and start her own business. Her own mm-hmm. uh, little, uh, not, she's not in advertising now, but she's now like a film producer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to see her kind of do off on her own stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, Mad Men, so. I'm not going to talk about I'm it. You obviously do not it. care. Oh. Uh, Don Draper. My ability to humor. Oh, I was going to say, there's a whole thing about Don Draper comes up with like the famous, like, I want to buy the world of Coke mm-hmm. advertisement. It's the other thing in, the, in fucking Tomorrowland. Yeah. There's a part where all the characters have to uh, like, transport themselves from New York to Paris, France. Uh. The transportation machine sucks all your blood sugar out of your body, inexplicably why it just has to be your blood sugar. But the only way to fix your blood sugar is, is with the Coca-Cola. Fr- refreshing Coca-Cola. The refreshing <laughs> And not only does the main character have to drink one Coke, but two, and she's backlit, so the Coke is all like <laughs> god lighting through the Coke fluid as it goes into her waiting mouth. After you've time traveled Did you... to Paris, France, so I follow. It's just I follow cartoonist, um, uh, comics artist, and writer Brendan Graham on Twitter, and he's I love a, his crackers. He's an adorable crank, and I love him. Yeah. But uh, he was this week. He was talking about how apparently DC Comics has decided that it's going to start doing half-page ads. So you'll be reading through a comic, and they've told all their writers and 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 artists and everything. Wait, and actually... write a comic in in a way that is assuming that your page at any given point could be split in half. And then spread. So the advertisement out. is not taking place within the narrative. It's just no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, here I'm getting to that in a second. So it's like it'll be like half the you'll open you'll open the spread and the bottom half. Which is like top any half. normal magazine where you might have half yeah. half, half an article would be like a thing for Bacardi. A magazine isn't necessarily about pacing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not to pace a page. There's a visual layout to be. comics that is yeah. is you kind of rely and on. Design it for either way. Especially like you know like I I got an action comic that's real. Yeah, you're stealing real estate away from. In any sort of your your the whole point of comics is pacing and you're establishing tone and everything. Yeah. So Brendan Graham was going on this is like it's like that's interesting because like you, you you would see that in old comics but it's not so much a modern thing anymore. And so he was talking about comics advertising and Marvel has had um, advertising in their comics since like 2006. They paired with an ad agency where which makes sense because like if you're in you New York City comics because well when had... I I mean like it, product placement. I mean, oh, not okay, like Hostess, okay, okay. Twinkies, and shit like I was that. Say, cause, like, but it's like, but, but it's they also like, had ads just for other stuff in the magazine. Well, of in course, the comics, but, but I mean, yeah. like product placement, no, and, which makes sense. Like, even you're in downtown New York, and there are all these ads. You, may you have well a fight taking in place in Times Square. You're gonna but have, it's, but it's interesting because it's not like drawn or anything. It's still the actual logo, just photoshopped in. And oh, it's so no. awkward. And so he, he, put, someone linked to this one comic where I can't remember what book it was. It was like it was something that was. I can't remember what book it was now, but the thing is, is that they got this mandate. They're like, oh, expect that you're going to have this product placement. So they deliberately put product placement on every single page <laughs> for, I think it was Axe Body Spray or something, down to the point where there's an extreme close-up of one of the characters, and you can see there's, like, a glossy reflection on their eye, and, like, you see the reflected Old Spice ship on his eye. Wait, is this the real thing or the parody? This is the actual comic. They're just oh like, fine, if we're gonna do it, God. we're gonna do it to 11 as a joke. So it's, it's a 30 Rock thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was pretty good. <sighs> anyway, in summation, everything is broken, everything sucks, and nothing is awesome. It's really the point of this week 
fuck? One of the things I don't know what's got me thinking about getting getting about Tomorrowland, but except for Starfighter clips. In Tomorrowland, everyone's just watching nuclear explosions on TV for no reason. (laughs) Brad Bird shows our world that's is bad. Because that's the only way they can get into the car Hey, hey, Angel, come over to my house. You know what? I got this new <laughs> HD footage of Hiroshima happening. It's fucking quality. We're going to just watch this on a loop Ugh. all night. And Ugh. there's always advertisements Ugh. for... Ugh. I don't know. It's supposed to be a direct jab at Fury Road, but there's a movie coming out within the world of Tomorrowland called, mm-hmm. like, Toxic Adventure 3. <laughs> and, like, it's like, like a picture of a truck or something like that on fire. It looks like a Fury Road ad. Mm-hmm. And it's his point, like, all of our entertainment has to be the stupid, like, Mad Max kind of movies. Yeah. And it's funny because the movie, the, 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 Tomorrowland happened to open up, like, right after the yep. new Mad Max movie came out. Uh, like, you made a really good point that, like, Mad Max has a lot more to say about the positive qualities of the human condition than yeah. Tomorrowland does, yeah. too. I don't know why I'm going back to this, but just, like, well, I have so much thing, to unpack in my head about Tomorrowland. The interesting thing about the Mad Max movies is that there is a strain of hope, even though there is no reason to be hopeful. I know, exactly. There is literally no reason Whereas to be hopeful. Tomorrowland is weirdly cynical and is trying to make you hopeful, but it makes you just, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I want to go see Fury Road again. That actually has something to say that I can actually believe in. So, it is yeah. really about the indomitable human spirit because there's nothing there except their spirit. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else. That old lady's seed bag is more interesting than any <laughs> than the actual Tomorrowland in the fucking oh, thing. Oh, God. I need to see it. that again. I've been. I'm going to go see Fury Road again, too. Yeah. Well, Conley has already seen. When I saw Conley on Tuesday. She lives in Fury Road. <laughs> you saw her? She's already she covered in radioactive dust. Oh, really? Oh, you know, my God. Like, one of my favorite things about Fury Road is yeah. been seeing all these people trying to draw Furiosa. <laughs> That's Furiosa. what I would phrase that is trying to well, draw. Well, no, 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 no. It's interesting because Foley and I talked about this Why a lot. Why don't you take a photo of Elsa from Frozen and put black <laughs> on her face? I'm sure someone has done that. Um, uh, the interesting, th- it's really interesting. Foley and I talk about this a lot because my wife is butch woman and my wife is really good at drawing butch women. She can draw, draw beautiful women, but she could draw butch women who look like women still. Uh-huh. Cause a lot of people, when they draw a more butch woman, they wind up drawing a man with eyelashes or something like that. And uh, it's just really kind of fascinating to see people try to draw Furiosa and accidentally make her way too feminine. Like, she looks like a Barbie doll. I wonder how many times it's not accidental, but, like, people are trying to, like, sex up. Well, it's usually women. Really? Is the thing. Like, a lot of the fan art where I've seen, I'm like, it's just interesting to see how people well, I think don't also know how to draw. If you don't have, like, the, the obvious gender signifiers of, like, the big eyelashes or long hair, that'll that'll be mm-hmm. enough to, like, I think that is it. I think it's, like, people are that, overcompensating Yeah, exactly, because you won't, won't get it that it's a woman if it doesn't have huge feminine. tits. Well, so I've got the, the, the Art of Fury Road book, mm-hmm. and they talk about the costuming for uh, Furiosa a little bit, and they talk about how she's in a, technically in a corset, but it's not mm-hmm. like a titty corset. Yeah. It's just like, they just thought it was interesting that she just had, like, essentially her her, her torso is armored, essentially. Yeah. And so, yeah, but yeah, again, it's a corset, but like on a lady, but it's not like... You're saying you corset, like you're being Corsetta? directed on life. Well, how do you pronounce it? Corset. 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 <laughs> Man, those coupons! I love it. I in the eighties, I love my corset player. <laughs> Sometimes I'd break and I'd have to take the corset uh, out and rewind it. I have not seen. I have seen some already people doing cosplay, but I haven't seen too much oh, fan art. No, it's it's just interesting. I'm not being. I'm not trying to be critical or anything. No, but it's no, just, that actually is worth kind of. Come on, guys. Um, that's kind of the Shirley Theron because she's not. Shirley Theron has kind of a swimmer's body. She has these broad shoulders. And not necessarily a lot of hips. She's a very feminine person. I can't even but think she's... she's like gun in my head what her kind of body type she has. See, that's the thing. She's... It's like she's not super feminine. She's just strong. Yeah. There's just this strength to her that just radiates from her. And it has an all of her roles. More like a swimming in circles body because she only got one arm. 
thing this week is that uh, um, this one woman who is a fetal, I can't remember what it's called, but she's, a, it's not a fetal. She never had the one arm. Yeah, she wrote this great essay about Charlize Theron and how empowering that was and that her being an amputee is not a thing at all to the movie. To the point when I read this article and she was like, it was amazing to me to see a disabled person on the screen. And I actually had a moment, kind of like your moment where it's like the stormtrooper looks like a person, not a woman. Yeah. I had, I had that I, moment. I'm never going to live that down. I, I had that moment where I was like, well, she's not disabled. I actually had that thought. I'm like, she's not disabled. She doesn't... I had to actually think about it. I'm like, you no, and me right now, have, I'm kind of like... Technically, she she's disabled in that she has one less limb, but yeah, like... but I mean, that's so interesting. She beats the shit body, out of Tom Hardy with one well, hand. That's the thing. It's not... She's not treated like... You know, it's not it's not a point thing at all. It's not a story point. No one even com- no one, no one says on it. Aside from the fact that she's got a skeletal arm painted on the side yeah, of her door, it's not it. even a thing. It's like it's just yeah. That's so nice. If you were it's to read nice. the script, unless it says oh, P.S. This lady only has one arm, you would yeah. it never it would it's it just never nice. yeah. I want more of that. Anyway, I didn't even think about how bad oh how badly people could fuck a furious fan art though. It's just interesting. It's really interesting, and it's not bad or anything. It's just like your priorities are different. You know what that sound was? That sound in my head of a, of a light bulb going off? <laughs> yes. Saying, I should draw a Furiosa with giant tits. I need to fix that character design. <laughs> assless chaps. Um, uh, to be fair, assless chaps are canonical to the world of Mad Max. Lots of assless chaps. <laughs> really, I just wanted to watch, especially like the Road Warrior out. Like, it's like the primary costume was like an yeah. S&M supply yeah. depot. So um, good. Oh. We are just talking about Fury Road again. Wah, wah, wah. I need to anyway, see that again. Um, Especially now I can I go watch say, it on my own terms rather than me going... Rrr, rrr, I think it'd be rrr. interesting to go see Fury Road after having seen Tomorrowland. It'd be nice anecdotes. Yeah, seriously. If you have like, a choice between going to see Fury Road again uh, or seeing... Um, Tomorrowland, go watch uh, Homestuck. What was it that you watched? The movie? <laughs> the oh. Homesman. <laughs> Homestuck. It's the same thing, right? Pretty much. All I know about Homestuck is there's gray ladies with horns that are sexy. Because all I see that fan art all over the internet. That's all you need to know, my friend. What else? Do we anyway, know anything? Nope, that's it. That's all we got to talk Something about this week. So David Letterman ended the show this week. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was right. a cute episode where uh, his last episode, he didn't have any guests. He had some guests do the top ten list. Uh-huh. Did you, have, you were too young to really give a shit about David Letterman. I was not ever. really a Did you even care about Conan O'Brien? when he was like I mean I like Conan but here's the thing real talk I go to bed I go to bed at like 10 o'clock 10.30 and when I'm up that late I'm reading I'm fucking watching television yeah yeah, the finale was great because, uh, yeah, aside from having guests to kind of do the top ten list, it was all just him just, like, replaying highlights from his, pretty much not not just the late show, which has his, been his show on CBS, but it was late night with David Letterman stuff on oh, NBC. Yeah. So it was just nice to see just, yeah. it was such a great just clip show, essentially. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and also, like, I hadn't watched David Letterman in 15 years. So it was kind of <laughs> like, oh, yeah, David Letterman, back when he used to be good, but. You will do the same thing with The Simpsons. You'll watch the final episode of The Simpsons oh, and be like, God, oh, yeah. yeah, no, Simpsons. Uh-huh. Oh, don't even get me started. Anyway, hey friends, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back for a very brief Geek Week in Review. Yeah, nothing happened this week. Nope. We don't have a wittier way out (laughs) than that? Just shrug our shoulders, yep. World's empty. Sucks. (laughs) It's over. In your life and mine. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow's just a dream away. 
man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart And when it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me So there's a great big beautiful Yeah, we forgot to mention that we've been recording with the uh, the half-built Simpsons Quickie Mart sitting here on the table. I was up here just because like this is what I was working on right before I went to bed last night. Super cute, like all the stuff inside the coolers and everything. That's yeah. been the best part. Yeah, it's really cute. Well, it's great because you love food. You love Lego food, so this is perfect for you. I bought like my first big uh, fucking online Lego purchase, which is just a bunch of extra Lego food that I need to like stock up the Frisian restaurant and the Quickie Mart with. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. it's great because the Quickie Mart comes with like actual Simpsons food items too. Yeah. So it's not just like generic yeah, food stuff, good. but yeah. Pretty good. Like free, like 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 the Homer Simpson donuts and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah like it's old magazines and it's just yeah, no yeah. Lego stuff is just yeah. Mm, this mm, shit mm. is cute. I love Lego. Still not as cool as the six hundred dollar DeLorean with well, the light up parts what and stuff. Is? But hey pals, it's time for the Geek Weekly Review. As always, this is the part where Bill has notes from the week that was. Have for free like a modeler of any kind of like pop culture thing to have in your house. What would it be? Spaceship building mm. from a video game. Even it could be a character like a life-size statue of Nathan Drake. I'd have a life-size fuck statue of Nathan Drake with a hard dick. Just, just no, yeah. no, no. Um, I would. See, it just I has a know. sign that says "Back up against me here," <laughs> right above his crotch. <laughs> I love. Uh, I love. I love action figures and I love toys, but I'm not really a model person. Yeah, no, it's kind of a weird. Yeah, it's well, even with the, the Ben thing, you're not buying the Legos out of our of stuff. You're making your own town. Yeah, it's I don't know. Oh, friend, that's a good You're question. a builder, not a worshipper of idols. Well, like I think I it am. also speaks to the fact that I like people more than I like places and things. See, whereas I'm a psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> misanthropic psychopath, and I love things over. That's, I love stuff. But that's I mean, like, when I watch just... Mad Max and he says, I think I'm becoming a psychopath, I'm like, I know how you feel. <laughs> My point is, is that when I watch a show, I'm like, I'm more about the people in it. Yeah, because you're than... a nice human being. Yeah, it's like when, when like, uh, Uncharted, uh, Naughty Dog has a store now where you can buy Uncharted shirts and shit. And, like, you can buy shirts that are, like, Nathan Drake's ring or, like, the dagger from Uncharted 2. And I'm like, I don't what? give a this, shit. This is a picture of the stuff Why on the I shirt. Why would I do that? Yeah. Why don't you just buy the dagger? <laughs> you carry like, it with you when you go shopping at, like, 7-Eleven. I just don't give a shit. I like, See, I like stories cool. of characters. But then again, like, I'm almost like, in the design of stuff because I sure. grew up like reading like right. you know like the, like movie production yeah. design stuff. I'm, and not like, to really say that objects. I don't. Like I guess if I if I, I would probably have the um, noodle um, cart from Blade Runner. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. With a little Deckard sitting at it. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah. If it lit up and everything. Yeah. Like, oh, man, that'd, be awesome. that'd be good, man. Especially if it's some VFX where it can be like raining and shit. All sound effects and everything. Yeah, like like, like little lights cruise. to look like rainfalls. At that sure. point, I was supposed to be a holographic cube and <laughs> just, just that scene on my garage. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's young Harrison Ford in there with hard dick waiting for it. Is <laughs> young Harrison Ford hot? Some people that don't think he is. That is the dumbest question I've heard. My okay. mom tells me that she says, like, when Star Wars came out, Mark Hamill was this hot one. I'm like, you shut your mouth, mom. You're a beautiful, wonderful woman, and you've never lied to me in my life, but that is a lie. Harrison Ford, the impossible. first Raiders movie, is pretty fucking, yeah, oh, the scruffy. And a friend of mine just sent me a gift the other day of Harrison Ford and the Raiders movie where he's in, like, the shirt and the unbuttoned little bit. And I know. But I'm just like, uh-huh. I know women especially, like, he, uh-huh. when he's sure first, uh, when they leave uh-huh. Nepal and he's first talking to uh-huh. Salah and, you know, like, the sunroof. Uh-huh. And he's, yeah, that was exactly that's, 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 that that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, I'm yeah. It's like, everyone leave the room. <laughs> and he needs some time with these gifts. <laughs> oh, my God. So what's happening? Hey, Bill? this is the Geek Week Review where Annie reads notes that Bill wrote for the week that was off of the first time, not knowing any context. So here we go. 
Mad Max to Wasteland, Bill notes with a lot of detail. Tell me about Bill, it. Bill, what the hell is Mad Max to Wasteland? We're going to talk more about Fury Road and Mad Max shit. Bear with us. <laughs> God knows you're probably get, getting all the Mad Max fighting means you need from the rest of the internet. Uh, no, George Miller just announced that the title of the next Mad, Mad, uh, Mad Max movie will be Mad Max the Wasteland. Oh, Not Furiosa. Well, they never said that was going to be. Furiosa was never on tap to be a live action movie. That was supposed it to be was just going to be their anime yeah. alternative if they couldn't get Fury Road made. Yeah. Which I'm wondering would have. He's never talked about what that would have been, but it's called Furiosa, so mm-hmm. I'm either imagining it would have been the backstory of how Furiosa came to be, well, or her because, story of her rule after she comes to power um, in Fury Road. Matt, Tom Hardy has come out and said that he's signed on for a couple more Mad Max movies, yeah, like but I don't three, think Charlize Theron is. No, that's what I'm saying, so I wonder, like, I kind of wonder if, like, maybe that's why it's called The Wasteland now, not Furiosa, yeah. because... Yeah. Because everyone agrees the best part of that goddamn movie is Furiosa. I want, I want more Mad Max anthology stuff. I was thinking about this this week, and in the way that oh, you, you mean like uh, like other stuff, like not just movies, but like well, no, I meant like the movie is basically being anthologies, which oh, yeah, kind of yeah, what yeah. they are, which is storied stories where Max just going wanders through. I was thinking this week because we were talking about how your one of your big issues with Mad Max is that Max is so small part of it, and what I was thinking about this because one of my favorite. Um, I love Robin Hood, as y'all know, and I realized that one of the reasons why I like this movie so much is that it reminded me a lot of my favorite Robin Hood stories. Not only just that a common thread of Robin Hood movies is he meets someone, and they beat the shit out of each other, and then they wind up working together. Uh, We need to go back and listen to the episode where we talked about Peter Pan and Robin Hood, and I think I I, I would kill myself if I didn't mention Mad Max in terms of Robin Hood stuff, because it is... Yeah. yeah. But also, Robin Hood often works... uh, Sometimes in Robin Hood movies, he does are in stories or books or whatever. He Robin is actually most interesting is almost mythical tertiary character. Yeah. One of my favorite Robin Hood books is a book called I think it's called In In a Dark Wood, and it's actually about the Sheriff of Nottingham. And um, Robin just shows up as a really minor mythical character. He literally just shows up and does, like, he's there and he motivates the plot and everything like that. He shows up and does a badass thing and it's so cool and it's all By the cooler... mythical character, I mean he's, like, wrapped up in all of his I trappings, meant, like, like, he, like, the way... I, when I say mythical, I mean he is treated more like, rather than being a, this is going to sound bad, rather than being a fleshed out real person. Well, no, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, he is a a, mythic... He's just a figure. He's just kind of like this... This sounds... This sounds douchey. Now I'm saying it out loud. More than being a... See, this sounds terrible. It's fine. And it's not quite what I mean. Brad Bird made a whole movie about but my douchey philosophy of who's who's good and who's what and who's The whole point is that he is human. this cool strong character who motivates other people and who is allowed to just show up and do something cool and whereas when your protagonist does that That's funny. it can be really In- masturbatory industry. yeah and it's like where it's just like if it's just Vin Diesel doing cool shit for three hours, that's boring. As opposed to a a thing full of people who, and then just all of a sudden Vin well, Diesel as, shows up as, and as like, a cool. as a as a character as a motivator for other people that can be yeah. useful. Yeah. What made me think about it in particular is that I saw someone's fan art of Mad Max covered in blood and the whole that's not his blood thing. There's that sequence in the movie where he literally walk trots off, does some insane garbage, and shows up again. And that is such a great Robin Hood moment. Yeah. And that it's like the point. Point is, is that it's not. We don't need to see what he did because that's not the point. The point is, is that he's just like this 
weird, competent, crazy dude who just gets shit done. The stray dog goes off, does shit, comes back. Yeah. And that's so much more interesting to me than just having him be a protagonist. There's such a fixation of showing, like, the hero's always got to be doing cool stuff. He's got to be front and center. He can never be tertiary. He's always got to be, like, you have to see every badass thing. Because, like, the creators are are afraid that you'll get distracted or will forget that he's a badass. Exactly. We're also saying he when it could also be a lady. Well, no, it's true, but it's like that, but, that's one of the, reasons, yeah. the things I often don't like about movies. Like, um, it's like, kind of a faith in the character, though, to have have characters kind of wander off and do stuff. Yeah, and it's like the whole it's, idea yeah. of like the point of a badass is not just to be the cool protagonist, but to inspire other people well, around them. And, and the and whole like, point of a character, legendary mythical characters, like the, their their myth and their legend, kind of precedes them. So they always yeah. have to be there. Yeah. And that's kind of like the inspiring thing about those characters is, is that you more learn a lesson from their example rather than yeah. them actually showing up but solving your problems for you. Exactly. So it's kind of like yeah, yeah. They're because mm. it's like, and I I can understand that that's not what everyone wants from that, but I liked that because it reminded. And it wasn't until this week where I saw all of a sudden staring at this fan art of Bloody Mad Max. I'm like, oh, he wrote before. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't go into Fury. I'm an thing. idiot, like I said, baby. Well, I grew up so much with the Mad Max movies, and part of me, like, Mad Max equals Robin Hood in a big well, fucking see, so much of Robin thing Hood to in my me head. is not just about Robin being this cool guy. It's about his band of friends, and, like, he is defined by the people around him. And also, Robin is such a pervasively, cartoonishly good character, where Max is none of those things. See, to me, Max I think is a loner. he is good, and the fact that he's a good guy gets him into trouble, because if he was inherently not a good guy, he would blow past all this stuff, and you wouldn't have any movies sure that's the thing I don't, that's, there, it's more of an undercurrent than an equal on surface they're not equal but I think undercurrent and no, like, there's a difference between a hero and, and Max isn't an anti-hero I think even the but way, even not... the way uh, uh, Max wanders wasteland in my head is how I imagine like Robin Hood wandering like Sherwood see, Forest Robin, see, even though I know that's Robin not what he does Robin is wandering his home he's defending his home Max has no home Robin is defending his people. Yeah, that's he is literally but trying to Australia restore order. Outback, he's in been his out there king. for so long; he practically is that he is kind of. Be, he, but his not having a home bit. is his home. Uh, yeah, mm. kind of, I know. So yeah. anyway, I just wrote just episode four of Life is Strange. There we go. Uh, <laughs> for even talking over you any part of that because that's that's really yeah that's well, I just, cool uh, I was just like oh that's why I really liked it could this kickstart more Robin Hood stuff who yeah, knows maybe Bill maybe watch they're gonna bo- they're gonna fuck up that next ro- like that, that next Mad Max movie so hard yeah. that we're all gonna be saying why do we care why do we give a shit it? it's gonna be like the opposite of uh, the Road Warrior the second movie in the trilogy just like what the fuck did they do um the Mad Max anthology will arrive on 9-1 speaking of anthology that's what I thought you were talking yeah, about I yeah I can understand the confusion then it's a box set of all four movies which George Miller is pushing to contain a black and white or silent version of Fury Road. Yeah. This was interesting. It turns out, I, I read about this, that um, one of the reasons why he's so fixated with this is that when they were doing Road Warrior, I didn't know this, that when they were doing the sound design and everything, they would ju- do the fastest, cheapest print of the movie to hand yeah, over. which and is it just was a black, black and white, white silent print. And yeah. he, was, he would show up for these things and go like, this looks so much... This is so much more awesome because he's like the point of these movies is that it's all driven by action and visuals and everything like that to the point where George Miller's like, yeah, no, we're going to release a version of this movie with no dialogue. (laughs) Part of his inspiration was he said when he was a kid, he would sometimes go off and like, you know, essentially sneak uh, sneak a, um, a drive-in movie mm-hmm. by like going to whatever hilltop was closest to the silent movie theater mm-hmm. to the drive-in movie theater but you know you're, you're not close enough to hear the sound so but he mm-hmm. was talking about it. as a kid he watched all these movies essentially as silent movies but it's yeah. terrible to watch them because so but like he loved the idea of someone being able to watch something like Fury Road just as a yeah. silent film especially because there's no plot in the movie I was gonna say which he also explains why he did that whole movie without a script <laughs> <laughs> 
what? The other thing too, again, talking about Fury Road, was the cinematographer had this two-hour presentation. He gave mm-hmm. to a bunch of other cinematographers like a year ago. This mm-hmm. is when they were still knee-deep in putting the movie together after yeah. they shot it. And uh, he was talking about a lot of like, yeah, the fact that like there was no script. And yeah. so he's kind of free to and shoot everything how, how he wanted. Yeah, I love how he was like, I'll just fix it in post. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, it's amazing talking about how, because everyone keeps on talking about how like Fury Road is like 99% just, you know, no digital mm-hmm. effects. Like one of those things like, yeah, no, it's. No, you don't, you don't make happy feet. Yeah. Two Happy Feet movies without learning. The other damning thing that even... So I can't even talk about this because I, I don't want to talk to you about this. I'll I just know. tell you right now because I know exactly where you're going. The Tom Hardy showed up late every day. No! It was, uh, it uh-huh. was like, a pregnant lady. Uh-huh. She was just one stuff. She, she was, was just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that's I really... I that was my ringtone. You wish me. She was the um the one no. thing that I thought was really interesting is that because the thing about Mad Max that is true is that ultimately they did build a shit ton of these things and did take them out to the desert, but of course then they fucking layered it yeah, and everything totally else. Yeah. And sh- I love that there's shit in that where he was like, "We got this character, but we can't really like we can't really they're not saying the right line." He's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll just take the mouth yeah, off this other totally. scene." George and Lucas put was this. doing some of that stuff in the prequels. Totally. Yeah, yeah he's like, actually shot. There was a shot of Furiosa where yeah, yeah like you said, yeah, we, as long as the angle's right on her mouth that's all i care about this shot because we just need the footage of her mouth to superimpose on this other shot yeah, yeah. but one thing that um, i thought was really interesting from that and because the thing about mad max is that it's an it's an unrelenting action movie but the action is always very clear mm-hmm. and even with these rapid shots you're always you always know what's going on and one thing that i never thought about and this was actually really interesting to me as an editor because i've struggled with rapid shots and this made me realize why it, the cinematographer is complaining at some point because he's like he always wanted me to put the focus of the action in the center of the shot every time and he was like and it feels like taking a tool out of your hand but the reason why he does it is so that when you have all these rapid it shots, registers as quickly it as registers. Yeah. So your brain doesn't have to stop and catch up with what's happening and the sequence of action and everything. Yeah, like so you're that. not eyes aren't floating around the like the the, the, exactly. the whole canvas of the picture every time the the shot changes. Like literally, sometimes like six frames, six yeah. frames, six frames every six yeah. frames. Yeah, and it was just fascinating, like just to have that, like just be like. Man, it's just nuts. Did you also hear him talking about why they didn't end up shooting in 3D? How they spent a, a yeah, decade working they on spent their own a 3D long camera time system. Working on 3D, yeah. And he was pointing out that like that this meant that like because they can only build two two 3D cameras for the yeah. shoot that like they would be and they only had two units for the for the for the shoot that meant they would only be able to film most of the stuff with one camera. Yeah. He's like, this is crazy. You're like like destroying all these cars, having all this mayhem. Yeah. You only have one camera to document. This. Yeah. This is the polar opposite of how you be, should be shooting an action movie like this. Yeah. George Miller was still like, no, I just love the idea of 3D so much. I still want to do this as a 3D yeah. movie. Yeah. And then the thing that killed it was the re- realization that, you know, half of the movie is going to be filmed inside the War Rigs cabin. Yeah. And yeah. they couldn't fit the yeah. uh, 3D camera through the windows. Yeah. And not only that, the real deal breaker was because the lighting considerations for yeah. 3D are so so much different than 2D that yeah. you need so much extra light that the that that the the, the the cinematographer is talking about how not only they're going to have to pour in tons of artificial light even though yeah. they're outside filming in the middle in of desert. the fucking African desert yeah. they still need they're going to have to have a, like every window with like its own lights pouring in and then put gels over the windows so that so the color temperature is correct yeah. and yeah. that's that was the deal breaker cuz like George Miller's like we there's can't people put people crawling in and yeah. out of these 
these fucking windows. Shooting things and throwing yeah. grenades in and out of the windows. Like, we, we can't, can't do, do that. It. Totally, that was the moment I was like, okay, we're going to fucking do it 2D. We'll yeah. use GoPros or whatever the fuck we get. And that's yeah. when they just yeah. like, said, The other thing that was really interesting about that was, speaking of post-production, like, and the thing is, like, it, it sounds like the cinematographer was almost exasperated. Like, he says at one point, that's he's like, cranky one guy. thing he keeps saying is, this is your future, not <laughs> mine. Because apparently George Miller took him out of retirement to film this movie. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, um, uh, so they're doing all this digital shit and uh, specifically all the cameras were so rock steady. Like he was like, you'd be there'd be all these shots of like cars in motion and everything like that, and the cameras would look so steady. And he'd be like, this looks like shit. And George Miller's like, don't worry about it, we're gonna shake it up and post. Yeah. And they did. Especially the, the idea that like you could take the shake from another shot. Yeah, and, and match actually it. match it. So like so it's it, actually preferable. Yeah, and again, shot. you can make the, the shake sh- actually match from shot to shot, so yeah. it's less jarring. So you still get to yeah. shake the, the energy of the camera shaking. Yeah. But is they specifically wanted to uh, uh, not do the Paul Greengrass uh, thing that they did on the Born Identity movies, where yeah. shaky cam for no reason, exactly. like it actually obscures the action. They yeah. want the energy of a shaky camera without fucking up the legibility the of the action. That was what was fascinating because it felt like from this talk, what was fascinating was that as opposed to in um, like the prequel, like the Star Wars prequels, where it's more like this visual spectacle because they could, that's a douchey way to say it. But no, it's that's like kind of what they were doing though. Doing it all on a computer just because they can. Well, this well, is new technology like, then. So they, they, were, they were just like, they were playing, just trying with, it, playing yeah. it, playing with the toys. This is very much so someone who knows his toolbox shooting practically no but knowing that what he can augment yeah manipulate which later, was yeah. fascinating fascinating and like there's shit like this cinematographer's all exasperated because he's like you know um our lighting is all wrong like we'd shoot at weird times a day that weren't appropriate well, that's what he brings and up the like, tom hardy thing is like we didn't I have know, the choice to shoot all the time yeah. and he'll talk about he, he like shows two pictures where he's like these are both from the same shoot and one is like a beautiful kind of like twilight hour sort of thing and the other one is like a dusty like cloudy kind of overcast although if you go back and watch the original mad max movies especially during the big chase climax and stuff yeah. that exact same ha- thing happens where you'll have a shot at broad noon yeah sunlight coming straight down yeah to suddenly overcast the sunlight yeah. it's like it's like it's like breaking dawn with the sun you can actually yeah. see the sun on the horizon yeah. and then literally the next shot will be like back to you know like broad do- yeah. uh, noon again but, but uh, yeah george miller's just like yeah don't worry about it i can fix it in post more it's i'm not gonna harp on the tom hardy thing but uh-huh. more importantly how are you late what are you doing to be two or three hours Bill, late? On? That is literally. Yeah, Bill, I right said now. I don't want to talk to you about. No, this. no, I'm not. Even I hoping. don't want to talk to you about this. I'm, I'm assuming. I hope he was just getting sleep. Because what? Unless it's not like are you can hang out with the rocks <laughs> for an extra two or three hours. Like mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like don't. Think, I like that he was just doing exercises. Uh-huh. He he was looking for no. Puppies. Keep talking about the thing I said. I don't want to talk <laughs> no. to you about. That's no. fine. Hey, hey, I'm Tom Hardy. Cool. No, yeah, keep going, Bill. Um, I'm really excited about these movies, and I would totally watch the fuck out of Black. Oh, that's what Lindsay Ellis described him as a cross between a pit bull and an elf. (laughs) I need to show you that video because she she loved she's her her transformation of being a fellow like Tom Hardy kind of like remember to suddenly like she's completely enamored and she's the one who found like all the pictures of Tom Hardy with puppies online. That's that's really great. You're very sweet. In the way you try to humor my love of Tom oh, Hardy, but I feel your distaste aspects. for him in in your voice, and I don't want to talk to you about it for that I'm reason. It sounds like Bane. Hey, Aww. did you know that Simon Pegg and the infantilization she said life is strangely of post seventies <laughs> and eighties generations? I did not read Simon Pegg's. It was uh, really thing. simple. He was just talking about how. Um, nerd stuff is just becoming like a corporate marketing tool oh, rather yeah. than like 
uh, it, 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 nerd stuff and geek stuff is no longer the fringe element than it is anymore. It's, it essentially is the kind of the beating heart of pop culture now, especially yeah. on the internet. Yeah. And he was also talking about how that's largely because um, kids who grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s were part of, like, the first generation who didn't have to grow up with, like, a formative war in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, like, our parents and grandparents, you know, you had everything from World War One to World War Two to yeah. Korean War to Vietnam. Yeah to like even like and and so the everyone had to grow up faster they had to put aside their childhood things to like actually become like like an actual mature part of society and cross between the fact that we didn't have wars like that were uh we don't have to worry about that and crossed with the fact that like you know in the 80s you really had like marketing to children actually Mm -hmm. became more of a thing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and cross also with the internet lets you kind of like indulge yourself in like your own little like little pocket universe where you Mm -hmm. can just believe that like freaking out about lego and star wars everything else like in my room right now is like a normal thing yeah and uh, so he's just talking about he wasn't necessarily even damning people about that he was more just damning the fact that like corporations have used this as a marketing tool to people Mm -hmm. to they've essentially co-opted nerd stuff that was more what he was bitching a lot of people took it personally that like he was saying oh being a nerd is bad and like yeah that's not the point of what he was saying he was just saying it's now, Mar- it's it's part of marketing tool to make sure everyone doesn't grow up and that everyone still like is like you're you know you, you like you're like you gotta be the you know, into the newest Star Wars stuff and like yeah. stuff and like yeah, yeah it's it's a little it's a little gross that way which is not wrong it's mm-hmm. but yeah people just went after him and it was kind of a silly well yeah because you can't make an opinion on the internet <sighs> yeah really what it boils down I'm to. someone who absolutely agrees with him like I said I live in a nerd egg of like I'm never growing up I'm someone who like draws video game maps for a living mm-hmm. who you know trying to write a history of Nintendo book who mm-hmm. like my the, the, the TV that we're sitting in front of is filled with like amiibos and uh-huh. you know, all kinds of, we have the Lego Quickie Mart sitting right yeah. next to the computer that we're recording and yeah yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think about this a lot, that I feel like I am uh, barely capable to deal with adulthood and to deal with reality of my life, and I so eagerly cling to escapism and then burn through escapist, like, uh, kind of uh, shit. I mean, no one has spent as much time playing Dragon Age Inquisition as I have who is happy with reality. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, or I'm like, shit, son. Yeah. But on the other hand... I can't, I'm, so you can be a nerd and not think about that a little bit, like, kind of just kind of... Huh. Yeah, just be... And, and self-conscious about it. I mean, I'm trying to get my house in order, at least. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing a great you job have a mortgage, of it. right? Well, you have a belt. You have a car. I, I remember that. I ride the bus. I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I got a haircut for the first time in nine months. <laughs> I, I am. I am the giant fucking walking child that he's the seven pegs actually talking about. But yeah, man, I took my bike to the uh, bike shop yesterday to get it tuned up, and now I don't have my bike until Thursday, and I'm worried I'm gonna fall off the bike wagon. It'll get back on Thursday. I'm like, no, buy a new car. I'm back to sitting on Look. my butt all day. Oh, you got the Medieval Monsters book? Yeah, Jill just, just got right now. Yeah. just got a text message from Amazon telling him that his Medieval Monsters I found out about that book because you were tweeting about it. It's yeah, a book about Medieval Monsters well, from like old maps and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, specifically like a bunch of... Um, uh, I think it's like contextless, like um, but you just get like this this encyclopedia of like visual encyclopedia. Instead of, of going mountain climbing with my wife, I'm going to be a single fat guy at home <laughs> reading about Medieval <laughs> Monsters for this afternoon. <laughs> What's wrong with a knowledge moment that says I'm going to drink out of my Mega Man mug, put my Lego Quickie Mart back on the shelf, yeah. masturbate to pictures of Audrey Hepburn, or not uh, Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's my afternoon. Oh, good. Oh. I would play a Bill Budrin dating sim, by the way. It's Winona Ryder as Joe Marsh. Uh, Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. 
because uh, I'd have to narrow it down like the hot, hottest four or five women that like I think are the, the woman from uh, the uh, mom from Back to the Future would she be on it? Leah Thompson, yeah. Leah Thompson. Doesn't do like an 80s variant where yeah. she's an 80s star? Yeah, Leah yeah. Thompson. From Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, oh no, she was good. Space Camp and Howard the Duck too. She's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> what would your What would your dating sim be? What would my dating sim be? Tom Hardy. Um, Jennifer Connelly from The Rocketeer. What would the scenario be? Because if I can try to get one to Little Women, would it be just Sexy Robin Hood? Would she be Maid Marion? No. No. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I'll have to think about that question. There was an art show up in Seattle, and I can't remember what it was called now. Claire Hummel was part of it, where everyone just kind of drew their idealized romantic interest, and it was like part of an art art gallery of these prints, and then as part of the show, they made a dating sim where all of these characters were in the game, which I think is... Brilliant. Who did Claire Hummel choose? Oh, it was like this total mist-inspired dude. It was adorable. Aww. It was really cute. Man, now I want to do my sexy little woman starring with a hot lady. <laughs> well, you should. I should. I should. I should. I uh, uh, commission Claire <laughs> Hummel to draw like. Oh my god! Oh, the funny thing is, you actually have Winona Moreander as Joe March. <laughs> That's true. kind of the funny it's thing. Pretty straightforward. Man, you know the funny thing is, like, I I thought Winona Ryder was cute back in the day, mm-hmm. but like compared to I I thought she was cute. Other, I did not have the white hot boner yeah, yeah. that most n- nerdy guys yeah. did back in like the early like the reality bites Beetlejuice that era uh-huh. where guys were like fucking like <laughs> they'd fuck a crack in the earth and call it Winona if they could <laughs> and I was like I just think she's cute <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who would who 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 would I whose name would I whisper while crack uh, fucking <laughs> crack in the earth where it's just a rational boner you want to breed with that 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 thing. <laughs> I can't boy. even think. Of, yeah, I don't know. Oh boy, Bill. Bill, I think it's okay that you can't name that person immediately. <laughs> I, I haven't thought about it that hard yet. <laughs> uh, uh, Doc Brown is a Lego fan. Did you see this? Did you see no, this? No, I miss this. So they announced that it was the official announcement of the Lego Back to the Future, like the, the with the Lego Dimensions game. Mm-hmm. This is just the official announcement for the Back to the Future. Man, that Lego Dimension that. thing is crazy. Uh, did they crazy. even show any footage from the game? That's not just like pre-rendered no. footage from a commercial. So no. we don't even know what the gameplay is going to be. But like, they're having I'm a it. portal two. Be... Did yeah, you see that? It's so random it's so strange. too. They're gonna uh, and like Wizard of Oz Portal Two back. Yeah. The, it's just like whatever, whatever. Bill, like, we're, we're gonna be able to play this with Chell and the Wicked Witch of the West. Is that gonna be fun? <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah, well, it's gonna be that. a Lego. I presume it's gonna be another Traveler's Tale. I can game, hear Jeff Goldblum saying just because you it's could, you didn't Tales think you should. Lego game that we're gonna play twenty dollars for multiple times. Yes. Okay. Buy it. I, I, I enjoy those Traveler's Tales games. I have it on pre-order. But I was no longer going sure. So anyway, so it was a live-action commercial of Doc Brown. He's at his house. Uh-huh. Actually, his garage. Oh, it was, was actually pro- Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown. He's it's not so that- old. Yeah, it's like, he's yeah. like, I'm Doc Brown. I am almost dead. He's like half bald and shit now, so he doesn't even know yeah. the, like, the Doc Brown crazy hair as yeah. much anymore. But yeah, it's him like waiting for a package to arrive at his house, and a package arrives at his Lego. And of course, it turns into like, oh, he starts building the Lego portal, and he's yeah. like, oh my god, like, oh, great Scott! Yeah. Like, little, like Lego him jumps out and is like, yeah. rah, rah, rah. it was Aww, cute. That's cute. That's much just... better than what's his butt from Community getting a box at his door. Wait, that was the was announcement that trailer for Lego Dimensions. Oh, Joel McHale, fuck that guy. Yeah, oh, like, man, I forgot about that. Yep. Are they gonna have like <laughs> Community action set? <laughs> Who's the lady to play Wicked the Witch of the West? Is it okay to have one have sex with her? Because I thought she's awesome. I don't actually think... There's a different, like, respectful Would sex. Would that be a hipster way of trying to be a sex... <laughs> like, I, 
this is my hipster libido. I, 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 who's lady? I respect her deeply, and I would like to stick my dick in yeah, her. Yeah, who's the lady from the Game of War ads? Respect. You're Kate like, Moss. Kate Moss. No, Kate Upton. Where you're Kate like, Upton, that's Kate it. Kate Upton's okay, but I want to have sex with the Wicked Witch of the West, because that is my hipster boner. Like, do you want to do that? But yeah, no, I think those ladies are fascinating. Would they dig up her skeleton? And no, like, stop, just stop. Is that the crack in the earth you would fuck where she's buried? It's the worst podcast in the world. God damn it. Who's the hottest lady or female from like old timey movie from like, like, fucking like Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell? Fucking. From what? Uh, fucking anything Rosalind Russell is in. Fucking, uh, Who his girl Friday. Uh, goddamn, uh, what's her butt from, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Barbara Stanwyck? Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking, uh... Robert Preston? Uh, Kate Hepburn? Kate Hepburn's fucking, okay. Fucking, uh... I still have to go to Young Jules fucking, and Julie Andrews. Fucking Lauren Bacall? Yeah, Lauren Bacall, is she okay? Shit, son! She had nice hair. Lauren Bacall would fuck me. <laughs> Half the fun of Lauren Bacall. <laughs> anyway, oh. hey everybody, do you know that the 35th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back was on Thursday, and Pac-Man's was on Friday, and The Shinings was on Saturday? That's a crazy... What did you do to celebrate all three of these? Let's see, what did I do on those days? Uh, cried... <laughs> Uh, laid in my bed, staring at the ceiling, you waiting for death. I mean, like, my depression's really been kicking my ass this week. Oh, Thursday was Benton's, not really, but I celebrated it as Benton's birthday, so I went out to dinner with my wife. Was that the day it was conceived, rather than Well, the it's when I found a Twitter, a Twitter post of me talking about Benton, but it was actually, I, I was like looking at it, and I was like, oh, it's actually probably a couple weeks before it was when I actually first... Well, that's not close enough. At least you have a date you can tie to so it, So I had my one-year anniversary. What did what you guys do? Thursday. I took fully to this, um, steakhouse here in town, remodeled a little bit, and they opened up more as a grill sort of thing than a, a bar and grill, was as opposed to a, a steakhouse. It was so funny, because it's out on a golf course, and I what? get out there and I'm sitting there with my wife in this little and we got there early to hit happy hour along with all the retirees so it was just us it and sounds like an Annie evening yeah. 75 white older white people just they give you any weird looks a few and yeah. I was like I was in that moment not even because like, you guys are and beyond that we're the only people under the age of 35 that's what I was gonna say more the age other than like queer we're ladies we're the only people up. under the age of 50 much less being homosexuals I felt a little better because as soon as happy hour rolled over then uh, a gay dude couple showed up and some lesbian showed up and I'm like the homosexual Which agenda Good. I'm glad I sent up the gay signal and they all swept forth to support me. Uh, I actually didn't have a steak at a burger. I totally forgot it's Memorial Day weekend. I did too. I didn't. I am so used to working a retail job. I keep forgetting that I get Memorial Day off. So it was only yes, a Friday where I talked to my boss and I was like, do I have to work on Monday? She's like, no, <laughs> don't come to work. I'm going to fucking mow my yard. I'm going to mow my yard and clean my house. I my bought house some steaks. I'll make some steaks. I'm going to make my wife make me burgers. So yeah. gonna, I bought some corn on the cob. Cooking. I'm going to make some strawberry shortcake. Oh, that's all mine. I should make um, So, yeah, so it's uh, 35th. Yeah, so I guess 35 years ago, this was a hell of a weekend 35 years say, ago. Um, man, I can't remember. I can't imagine seeing The Empire Strikes Back and The Shining in the same weekend. Which is funny because they were shot on the same sets in England. Oh, were the they? The Shining actually fucked up the production of The Empire Strikes Back because oh, really? they were shooting on the same sets. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Cooper accidentally burned down one of the biggest sound stages in England that oh, the Empire Strikes Back really? was supposed to use. Yeah, so uh, they had the George Lucas and the other guys oh, had to scramble. The Holmesman has a really nice fire sequence in it, actually. People burning? There's one part of um, Holmesman. It's interesting because there's some element of Webster's where they can be episodic, because it really is ultimately a road trip movie, because mm-hmm. it's about this journey. They take this five-week journey. And at some point after... Um, after um, Cuddy dies and he's stuck with these women, he f- sees this hotel. 
And it's fascinating because it's a beautiful built house surrounded by, and everything else is plotted out. Like, there's just, like, stakes oh, in the I ground. Oh, because I guess I saw the trailer. Is that the thing that's burning at the end of the yeah. trailer? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, there are all these stakes in the ground, and they're waiting for these investors because they're trying to get them to invest in this town that they want them to build. Mm-hmm. So they already have streets lined out and this beautiful oh, house that's built cool. in the middle of nowhere. It's a nice set piece because it's almost like a fever dream sort of thing because mm-hmm. you're like, what? Because this movie has some sort of because these women's you see these moments of these women's madness, and it's not always clear if it's real or if it's not. Mm. So um, the I'm like, is this in, uh, aspect of that too? And so he goes in this house, and all the and these like we haven't eaten in three days these women are suffering you're gonna give us a room and some food we have money and and it's james spader as this like irish dude named aloysius duffy and uh and and he's like fuck no we're not gonna have crazy women in this house we have no we're waiting for these investors to come and like and they have like this whole spread come laying out and everything all this beautiful yeah at this point it's almost not even a real hotel it's just like they're just trying to market themselves to the investors they're trying to get and it's like they're expecting them any day now so um so they, they run them out at a rail and so um, Tommy Lee Jones comes out, comes back that night, and he goes, he sneaks into the back, and he sees this woman who's helping out, and he just looks at her and hands her a lantern and says, run. And then he just goes, he very kind of methodically wanders around the house, and he goes to the back stairs. He scopes it out, figures out where the back stairs are and the front stairs are, because all the men are upstairs. Yeah. He sets the back stairs on fire. Oh, man. Goes around the front, pulls out his gun, sets the front stairs on fire. And there's all this great stuff with, like, the gas lanterns, because mm-hmm. it's all kerosene lanterns. Yeah. And so he just smashes them into each other in the way the ker- burning kerosene spills. It's a really nicely shot thing. And so then James Spader comes down the stairs with, with his gun drawn, and J- Tommy Lee Jones just waiting for him, shoots him in the foot. And just walks away. And all these men burn to death. And, and like, oh, he okay, wanders yeah. out through the kitchen, just picks up this roasted pig, and just walks out. <laughs> and that's this, awesome. There's this great shot where he's, he's at lashed to his horse's saddle, and he's just riding away as this, oh, this house burns behind him. And then there's this great stunt where you hear all this screaming from inside because all these men are trapped upstairs. Yeah, roasting burning to death to upstairs, death. yeah. And you see just someone jump out a window, and it's a great burn and fall. And there's a lot of great movement where it looks like it must be a stunt, even though they jump out of the second story like land flat on the ground on fire and I'm watching this I'm like holy shit they convinced someone from the local old folks home to set themselves on fire saying you know you only got a week to live go out how did we even start talking about about this oh fire you're talking about a set on fire and I'm because uh, the shiny oh the shiny's on fire this is the worst podcast <laughs> in the world no so this is like so, so like in honor of the Empire Strikes Back also yes. tomorrow is the real Star Wars day we're recording this on May 24th May 25th is historically the day in which all Star Wars movies either come out or they try to release them so mm. that's you know I'm just saying so fuck this May the 4th shit oh man May the 25th is all did they the push real. back The Force Awakens wasn't it first supposed to come out if if it had come out at what they were playing to The Force Awakens would have come out this this weekend instead of talking about Tomorrowland would be talking about actually Tomorrowland probably God would have been bounced back six months just to get sure. the hell away from Star Wars but huh. yeah so yeah that's 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 not sure from Murmur but uh, yeah so I watched The Empire Strikes Back for the first time in its entirety I realized since they since Lucasfilm got sold and actually I think the last time I'd actually sat down and watched The Empire Strikes Back was when I had a bunch of people come over and watch it for the 30th anniversary five years ago mm-hmm. and so it's actually kind of like I was kind of actually watching and kind of excited because yeah. as a kid You're watching so the original Star Wars movie Movies, a big part of the excitement was like kind of thinking you know because that was back when george lucas was talking about i'm gonna make someday someday in the long distance future i will make prequel movies showing you what happened to Darth vader yeah. what happened to obi-wan kenobi yeah. and like you know once the prequels came out like yeah. the totally mystique of the of the original trilogy kind yeah. of disappeared but now knowing that there's going to be more adventures of, of specifically these characters yeah. you're like 
there's gonna it actually feels like okay Aww. it feels like the middle of a story now it's like yeah. i wonder what's gonna happen to these characters Aww. like like i actually especially having seen a little bit of old han solo and yeah. like man i kind of it's a different vibe i just want to take this feeling and put it under glass it is kind it's of like this. that moment in life is strange where you're laying in bed and you know you're gonna have to get up and, and face the reality and of having world. children <laughs> again so i'm paying a loop growing up i can be like i what's gonna happen to han solo <laughs> yeah it is it's a nice it's a little bit of a different charge, especially yeah. because I like I kind of went out of my way not to watch Star Wars that much because yeah. there's really so much. I, mean, I already kind of know the movies by heart. Yeah, yeah it's not like and even yeah. then by watching, I was working what was on the TV, sure. so it's not like I was sitting there going eating popcorn, you know. But yeah. like it was still kind of like it's kind of exciting. Yeah, you actually, kind of watch Aww, a little. Bill. Even Return of the Jedi, it's not very good, but you can still. Be Bill, like, I'm, I'm glad your old relationship got a new spark in it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. Me and I'm the glad misses. you invited this other uh, threesome into the. Me and the missus, we tried butt sex for the first time, and it was actually not that bad. I mean, she pegged me. Oh, boy. Man! Hey, uh, breaking news. Some butts are stinky, says Bill. Late breaking news. Is this butts real- are delicious. <laughs> that's, how you have the, that's how you ended the Geek Week interview. Uh, which one? Uh, so, uh, which one? So, there's the stinky... Yeah, no, am I wrong? Some butts are delicious. To prove me wrong, anybody. I just love that everyone loves butts so much. Even though I can appreciate the shape of a butt, I still go, oh, they're poop. But they still. <laughs> it is true. I it's hard s- to get over. Like, with, 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 like, a penis or vagina, technically, urine comes out of that zone, too. Yeah, I know. But at least but it's urine a little is less... like a liquid. And, like, there's yeah. less of it. Urine doesn't cling. You know, that's what I'm really glad we're ending the podcast. If I had to fuck someone else in the butt, I think I'd rather be pegged. So at least I'm not sticking. At least their dick is getting dirty. Their fake dick. Have you seen, uh, have you seen, uh, Broad City yet? No, no, no. That pegging episode is still one of my favorite episodes. Are they pegging dudes? There's an episode in season two of Broad City where, um, the one of the protagonists finally goes on a finally has sex with this guy that she's been pining for, and then he wants her to peg him. And there's this whole, this whole the, one of my favorite episodes of all time. I have to admit, I'd it's rather okay. be, I think I'd rather get fucked in the butt by a dude because this such penis is nice and soft. I mean, they have soft dildos. Depends on the 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 apparatus bill. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I hope they have very soft pegging apparatus. Allow me to tell the listeners at home, just to get over personal. If you ever decide that you want to invest in a quality dildo, may I recommend the Vic Skin series for anal sex? For any kind of sex at all. Is it? There's there's a a rigid on the inside, but just soft on the outside. It's medical grade silicone. Because penises are weird. Because it's kind of hard, but it's not at the same time. It's designed. It was actually based on the same technology that they designed to make prosthetics for. Okay, that makes so sense. It's so it's really like that skin. bioorganic. Like give to it and everything like that. To the point now, I'm like, I can't touch. I, I'm uh, house sitting for a uh, friend of the podcast, Erica Moen, and I went and I was looking. They have a uh, case in their living Did room. Did you lick everything? Full of dongs. I licked every dong. That's right, Bill. That's what I do. And um, uh, I was like looking at these dongs. I'm like, no. No, no, what is this? This no, is bad. No, I feel like Goldilocks. So you found you. So you found your one like your my champion dildo. Well, my sister. Or my is sister. it realistically molded? Wow. Um, my yeah. Wife, whoa, man, this whoa. is weird. My wife worked oh. at a sex shop for a long time, so she's very opinionated about all her apparatus. Did I have a dream? Did I tell you about the dream where I got pegged by uh, Athena last night? <laughs> It was Is a good that dream, the story too. of George Clooney? In that well, movie? I wasn't child predator because she was doing it to me. Oh, she's technically an eighty-year-old robot. I talking sometimes. <laughs> I get a headache behind my eyes. She, no, I was sitting there, hey, everybody, reading Little Women, and the, and the wall explodes. Friends, all of y'all who've listened to this podcast, I invite you 
two white. She's got glowing red eyes. <laughs> Please don't look me in the eye and talk to me about listening to our like, podcast. I'm you tomorrow. Guys, did you know that this, is, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. Uh, BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. Um, I'm going to go and press the delete button and all those things as soon as we're done recording. We'll talk to y'all next week about more pop culture detritus. What's are delicious? Uh, Put some peanut butter in there. Well, the chocolate comes out. Me powering it's, it's like a little Reese's cup that you kind of make. It's nature's Reese's cup. God damn. On the day after tomorrow. And the summer, it too will fade. And with it brings the winter's frost in. And I know we too are me. Of all the things that we have lost here I'll be 21 today I've been saving all my pain